Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Summer days on SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Friday's edition of Summer Days. I did promise 80s Friday. Owner of a Lonely Heart, a group called Yes. Remember that one? I do. I used to drive to Greymouth, to Christchurch every month in Mahilman Hunter. And on the radio, the old AM radio, that's what was booming out in the, from ZM. It was Christchurch, was the, the leading station there many, many years ago. And this one was hot. Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes. Okay, let's get on with it. This is the last of this summer day slot between 10 and 2. Smithy is back on Monday at 9 o'clock. Coming up shortly, Tyler Nathan Wong. Yes, I spoke to her about half past 8 this morning and uh, she surprised me with some news that has broken. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, two-time Paralympic gold medalist Anna Grimaldi is up for a Halberg Award this year. We speak to her around 10.30 on the back of competing last night at the Caledonian Ground in Dunedin. We are 49 days away from the women's Cricket World Cup. Tournament CEO Andrea Nelson updates us on progress and the trophy tour. UFC 271 represents the first outing for CKB's Blood Diamond. He's with us just before lunchtime today. While at midday, Grayson Wecky from the Silver Ferns talks, well, playing in the quad series. She's only got one cap to her name. At 12.30, former world boxing champ, now promoter Danny Green, will talk to us about the fight he's co-promoting with SBW Promotions, SBW against Barry Hall on March 23. They're calling it the Turf War. At 1 o'clock from LA Rams country, host of the third down Thursday, MJ Hurley is with us to talk about the NFL playoffs. And we round out the day replaying an interview that we've had hundreds of requests for. And that is Sean Johnson, like you've never heard him before. It's another busy Friday to sink your chops into here on SENZ Summer Days, where the number is 0800 150 811. Well, let's open with women's sevens, shall we? Malaga in Spain is a new venue for sevens rugby, and for the Olympic champion Blackferns, it's back to business, or was, as you will discover. Uh, Tyler Nathan Wong, we spoke to at half past eight this morning. I said to her, must be nice to get back with the sisters and, and start prepping for battle again. Uh, it's awesome to be back with the team. I thoroughly enjoyed my break, however, though. It was nice to finally be able to uh, go up and see my family. It had been eight months since the last time I'd seen them, so I got to actually take my gold medal up and celebrate with the Fano over Christmas and also New Year. So that was amazing, but it's cool to be back, you know. It's not always fun when you're having to train by yourself and do the hard yards by yourself, so it's good to be back in this environment alongside the girls. The energy's good, and we're all excited for where 2022 can take us. How fresh is that Olympic win still? 
Oh, it's a weird one, eh? It's it's still it is still a weird one. So that's obviously the last tournament we've played. So it's still in your mind, but at the same time, it feels so long ago. Just because we never really got to celebrate that win properly. Like we came back and went straight into um, MIQ, and then when we got out, we pretty much went straight into another lockdown. So it's a strange one. It is. It's a strange one. All right. Well, now you're back into the seven series, but this is an interesting one. Uh, there's already been two rounds, and your, your arch rivals, Australia, have had two wins off the off the bat already uh, with a new team. Have you had a good look at them at all? Had a chance to see what's going on there? Yes, so a lot of us did catch the Dubai 7. Thankfully, you know, it was televised on Sky TV, so we were all able to, to watch it no matter where we were um, based. But, yeah, we were obviously gutted not to be there. It's the first time um, New Zealand has, uh, hasn't sent a team, and that's one of my favourite tournaments. The Dubai 7 is absolutely insane. It's cool to see, not only in Australia, but across the, the world and the different teams, just seeing this new blood come into the circuit. You know, there's a, a lot of us have been here since the beginning and it's cool to see these fresh faces uh, come in and representing the country. So it's exciting just to see where the women's game in general is progressing around the world as well. But what did you see in Australia that, that might be a threat? Anything? Well, we've played those girls the same young ones that they have brought in. So they've actually been in the team the last year or two. So they're not necessarily new faces okay. to us, maybe new faces to the rest of, I guess, the people watching. But yep. we know we have seen them. So we have obviously been able to identify who they are. They're like, you know, they look extremely um, well conditioned. And as anyone knows, Simmons, that you definitely need to be fit. Um, they've got speed as usual. And you know, a lot of them have that touch background, that flair where they're able to really manipulate the opposition and get them on lates and all that kind of stuff. So it's nothing necessarily new that we've seen from Australia. Um, but it's exciting, you know. It's exciting. It's new. Some of the girls haven't actually, our girls haven't been on a World Series or they've only been on one or two. So I'm excited just to see where our girls can progress once we get back on the World Series. It's going to be an interesting sort of campaign because you start as 11th seeds. Uh, there's a lot of work to do in a very short time. What is the approach at this particular point? Yeah, so I've you know, seen a couple of tournaments and unfortunately not um, being able to go to Spain for the next two. Um, just got announced today as well, so that puts us a little bit further behind. Um, but it's you know, you just got we're just gonna take it take it how it is and all we can do is really focus on ourselves and what we're doing and our training and making sure that we're the best that we can be and looking to I guess be innovative at the same time, you know. Like we don't wanna bring something that we've before we still, as a team, want to make sure that we're trying to be innovative in our game. Hang on, hang on, Tyler. What's just been announced? I just got announced today that we, um, unfortunately, due to the new COVID border um, restrictions and everything that's happening, uh, we are unable to attend Spain. Oh, my goodness. So, oh, that, that's just come out of the blue. I didn't even know about that. So, uh, how much of a blow? No, I just this morning. How much of a blow is that to you guys? Yeah, I'll say it's something that we were super, super excited to finally get back on the World Series. It's been since, I think, Sydney 2020 was the last time we actually played a World Series event. And we haven't played since, you know, July, August uh, for, uh, at the Olympics. So it was something we were all looking forward to. Unfortunately, it isn't going ahead. So we've obviously had to be change of plans and our, um, I guess, planning towards where we're going. Um, but, yeah, it's out of our control. It's something we can't obviously... Um, control ourselves and so we've just got to take it as it is and go back to the drawing board in regards to what our plan looks like going ahead. So what's the next tournament then? 
The next tournament, I believe, there's one in um, Canada, Lancaster, yep. Canada, followed by the French League. And so that will be definitely our focus um, leading in. Man, crazy, crazy world. Hey, is Niall Williams back? He is. Did he see the Instagram post? <laughs> no, Marty, don't, I can't awesome, follow everybody. <laughs> no, yes, she um, has been cleared to get back into training as a return to play player. So that's amazing um, to see her back in it, you know, going from a moment where she potentially had to think about medically retiring to now actually being back into the, you know, the environment and actually able to train fully. It's, it's awesome to see, you know, big smile on her face uh, when she walked back in. When you have someone like that return into the sisterhood, what's, what does that do to the whole group? Yeah, well, you know, she's a big personality and, you know, she's that type of player that will give her, give her, her all to the team, you know, especially out on that field. She's going to be flying into those rucks, running, you know, trying to knock players over on defense and like, you know, I'll have that on my team any day. <laughs> hey, so now because there's a little bit of a break, I mean, uh, Super Rugby Opaki is, is closing in for you. You've got your first uh, Super Rugby Assembly this week. Uh, a different level of excitement for you? Yes, oh, I'm so excited for it. It's going to be so cool to finally, like, for us at the Blues, we've only been able to talk and connect with each other over Zoom. Um, so to be able to connect with all the girls in person and to meet some of these new players that I haven't um, met before, it's, it's so exciting. And just to see, you know, where we can take this um, this campaign, you know, even though it's short, it's still an exciting opportunity uh, for the women's space and for the Blues team. And yeah, I can't wait to, you know, fly up later tonight to Auckland and to meet these girls and, you know, get some team building going on and start building those connections with them. Uh, you, are, you find the adjustment from 7 to 15 pretty comfortable, right? It's not easy. Like, I'm not going to say, yeah, it's, it's easy as sweet as into it, but I guess the positions I play too aren't too similar. Like, they're not too far off from where I play in um, 7, so obviously halfback in 7s um, and halfback 15, so just following, you know, making sure I'm at the rucks and all that kind of stuff. But then how I play sweep in sevens is similar to a fullback in 15. So those, you know, skills transfer over. It's more so getting used to 80 minutes instead of 14 minutes and all, and, you know, maybe potentially if I'm playing fullback, not getting the ball as much, but if I'm playing halfback, making sure that I'm, you know, staying on my toes and getting to the rucks and getting used to, I guess, the different calls to the different um, language that's used. But it's, yeah, it's not too hard if you, you know, you put your mind to it and actually take the time just to learn and ask questions, I think is the best thing. Tyler, do you have aspirations to play in the World Cup? You know, for me, I've always had the goal of representing the Black Ferns. That was actually my first goal of rugby because Sevens wasn't around at the time. So, you know, if that comes to fruition, then that'll be pretty incredible. <laughs> That's a lot to look forward to, isn't it? And it must be pretty surreal. To, yeah, I mean, it must be pretty surreal to think you were going to hop on a plane and, and, and go play footy again, right? Yeah, yeah. It's this honestly, this this world's ever changing, and the women's space is ever changing and continuing to grow. And it's just cool to see all the opportunities that are ahead, especially this year for women's rugby. Like it's a massive year. Like. I don't think there's been any other year where there's three pinnacle events for the women's rugby space. So I'm excited just to see where it goes, taking it day by day and looking forward to this journey with the girls. You are, you are always so positive. Just quickly, that big cut you got over your, your eyes, that all healed up? <laughs> it is. It's looking as pretty as ever. 
But no, the doctor, the doctor that did it, honestly, big ups to the, that Northland doctor that stitched it up because you can barely tell that it's there now. It's a lot better than uh, my partner's scar that he has. We're kind of matching at the moment. <laughs> yeah, you've got to wonder about that, don't you? Matching scars. Hey, look, I always appreciate uh, having a yak to you. I'm sorry to hear about the Malaga thing. That's just news to me this morning as well. But uh, the best of luck with your uh, Super Rugby Opiki assembly, and we'll talk again, bud. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Always good to yarn with you too. Tyler Nathan Wong, she is so much fun. She is such a good ambassador for women's rugby full stop. And I just have to remind you that that was a recorded conversation this morning. So when you uh, heard the fact that I was surprised about what was going with Malaga, it hadn't actually been released yet into mainstream media that we didn't know that Malaga was uh, being called off because of the COVID protocols. Because if you remember, uh, the border opening was going to be that you didn't actually have to go into MIQ isolation so obviously they were working on that scenario and then when the government put it back spaces in MIQ obviously just weren't uh, going to happen so that's uh, the latest announcement the sevens teams will not be going to Malaga in Spain so it'll be Vancouver a little bit later on a bit disappointing because there are a couple of new t- uh, players in the Blackfern Sevens squad. Uh, school leavers Georgia Miller and Kelsey Tinetti. Uh, Miller is a graduate of Christchurch Girls uh, and she was the MVP of that Ignite Sevens tournament in 2020, which is looking for the next uh, big thing in rugby. She's a regular of the Condor Sevens and she was part of the Canterbury Farah Cup team. Uh, Tinetti is a Hamilton Girls High School player. Uh, she was a strong performer in the, in, in the Fire Palmer Cup winning Waikato team, had previously captained the New Zealand school's Condor team. So, yeah, pretty dis- really disappointing when you, when you think about it uh, for both the men's and women's sevens teams. But it is the world we live in. And I know it. we, we keep talking about it all the time, but we just have to hate saying it. We just have to suck it up and, and move on, JD. But, uh, you know, she was so excited. She was so excited oh, to get tell. going. Is there any more excited sports person in New Zealand than Tyler Nathan Wong? Cool to hear her um, on the show. I know you've been chasing her for a wee while, not literally, because you'd never catch her. But um, <laughs> Wouldn't have been close. But I guess, yeah, she gets to join the Blues now and have a little taste of 15s. And interesting that she wants to play fullback as well as halfback. Well, well isn't that interesting? Yeah, I wonder whether she was trying to send a message. Yeah. Because she said, oh, you know, it's different playing in the positions. But, but you know, and, and if I'm playing fullback. Yeah. Because uh, I've seen her play 15s for yeah. the Tanifa and really impressive at halfback um, wants to make something happen at every ruck uh, that must be the sevens coming out of her because we're quite used in 15s just clear the ball halfback just clear the ball clear the ball and maybe once or twice a game have a wee snipe but when Tyler's got the ball anything can happen interesting because uh, watching her and she set up that winning try in the gold medal match uh, when she did that lovely step got a bit of Sean Johnson about her yeah you know but the one thing I do notice particularly with and I wonder whether this is a transferal of skill particularly from sevens to fifteens is the pass. Because they're not all great passes in sevens. Let's be let's be brutally honest about this. But she has a lovely pass. Yep. And I think that is a huge must must be. I don't know, but it must be a huge benefit in fifteens. Oh, massively. Huge for a halfback, it's your main job. If you can't pass, you can't be a halfback in fifteens. <laughs> and Kendra Coxedge is the one of the best players in the country and she is the Black Ferns halfback and has been for like a decade so Tyler's probably looked at that as well and gone mm, 
right, I'm probably not going to get past Kendra uh, when it comes to the Black Ferns. So 15, uh, playing fullback will work well with her footwork, like you mentioned, like the Sean Johnson footwork, that hot stepping and, you know, having having a good kick on her as and, well, which we know she does. And anyone with a good step. But I, I think the interesting thing was I, I was quite surprised because she comes across so confident asking her the question, oh, you'd be comfortable going from sevens to 15s, but no, it's not. The adjustment is a little bit more, and the, the key one being 14 minutes to 80 minutes plus. Yes. Uh, but they, they're incredibly fit. But, and she wasn't a first, I'm, I'm surprised, she wasn't a first choice for Super Rugby Opaki. I was surprised she, with that as well. A, a late call up, so it makes me wonder just a little bit what, what the 15s coaching staff think of her and where they will slot her in. Yeah, yeah, I think that as well because I guess she hasn't got a lot of runs on the board and she's not your classic halfback who just, you know, uh, relies on her pass. She is very much a playmaking halfback, which is quite unusual in 15s, but I think it's exciting. I'm just, yeah. Uh, what are we going to do with these sports teams who want to go overseas? It looks like we're getting back to this oh, issue man. again with I, I not able to get back into the country. So guys like Ryan Fox, triathlon with Hayden Wild. I mean, all well, these sports people, I, what are I, they going to do? I think what we're going to have to sit back and wait, and it's going to be a waiting game again. I mean, I, I, it's depressing when you read in the paper that DHB is saying that Omicron's going to be in the community in Auckland, particularly the biggest city, within two to three weeks. What is the government response going to be? Mm. Now, you know, it's not going to be a lockdown again. Well, they don't. They've well, they haven't closed that door. Right. They haven't closed that door, if you remember. Uh, but it's going to affect sport again, right? Or is it going to be like what's happening in Australia? Mask up, show your vaccine passports, and uh, will the system be able to cope with us? Mm. I mean, the, the most important thing is getting out and getting vaccinated, getting those those booster shots. I can tell you that a, a friend of mine working in television in Australia, they are still working, right? That's just, they have protocols. They're masking up, so they mask up from go to woe. He was standing two meters away from a friend of his who the next day said, hey, Brad, you need to get tested. I've just got COVID. It's the Omicron variant. And he's my, been working right next to him. Right next oh. to him. And my mate uh, went and got tested. He was negative. His simple line to me was, masks do work in this case, in the, as far as Omicron goes. So it'll all come down to the government response. I mean, you and I have had this discussion many times, you know, the lockdown scenario for businesses and the like, that's going to go down like a cup of cold sick. Exactly. And and we're, and look, we're not here to have a talkback discussion on the government or anything like that, but it's affecting sport. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for, for a lot of time, it, doesn't this feel like summer of 2020 again? Yeah. You know, great summer, everything's cool, and then yeah, you think you're out. You think the worst is behind you. And, and, and this country has done a magnificent job. Yeah. A magnificent job, 99.9% of them, or about 12%, about so low, we'll say 90%, getting jabbed, getting vaxxed, the whole nine yards. Uh, it would be a hell of a shame and be tough on everybody if they go into a lockdown scenario. If And that depends on how bad it is, right? Yeah. Maybe they go back to the red light. But that, and that affects everybody, but but and it sort of doesn't. It's of red lights. Oh, you can still have people, but it yep. hurts hospital again, and who've been damaged, you know, brutally for the last two and a half years. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I mate, yeah. We, let's we, not even think about it. Let's. let's well, we've just been talking about, about it for three minutes. We I couldn't know. help us. You you I brought know. it up. It's just it's but, just in there, isn't it? It's just a constant concern. But it, it sits it sits for many like a weight on people's shoulders, and yeah. I. Yeah, I, 
I'm not going to voice my opinion on it. We just just go and get jabbed, do the right thing. We've done it before. The booster jabs. I see the uh, the New Zealand Herald are showing you know booster jabs, and they're keeping a tally of that. And uh, it's it seems to be coming along quite nicely. Yep. And they hope to have it done by the end of February again, right? And New Zealand's done it again. They can do it. They can do it again. Sorry, done it before. They can do it do again. It again. And I'm, yep. I have great faith. I have great faith in New Zealanders. It is ten twenty two. This is SENZ Summer Days. This is Sports Talk. Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> sorry. It is, Stephen. It, 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 you're doing well, mate. It, it, Let's go. <laughs> Anna Grimaldi, two-time Paralympic gold medalist, is not too far away today. SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Said it was going to be 80s Friday. Ah, <laughs> oh, the boys' heads are going in the studio today. Prince, gotta love it. Kiss. Uh, the late Prince, too. Another great one lost far too soon. This is SENZ Summer Days with a, a bit of an 80s music feel to it because it's Friday. We're heading into the weekend. And i I got to say, if you want to call and talk about things, just give us a blow. 0800 150 on the blower. 0800 150 So, Jerry, I love I love what you're saying on the text line, but you're more than welcome to pick up the phone and call us and expand on what you're saying. Jerry says, hey guys, uh, Taylor's the best restarter with drop kicks in both men's and women's rugby. She has got that incredibly high drop kick. He says, she's at huge height, lands it on the 10 to 12 metre line every single time. I tell you what annoys me about it though, you know what's coming with with, with because, you know, she'll she'll go one way and then you know she's going to step another way to kick off. She did that through and I was going, come on, just make your mind up. Yeah, it's the fake every time, it's isn't it? Fake every, but, it's yeah. the fake every but time. It's the fake every time. Every time, then it's not a fake. It's not a fake. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she said he does say amazing technique and consistency. And sevens teams should be travelling as other New Zealand teams travel. It's their profession! <laughs> Exclamation mark! Uh, New Zealand under 19s in the World Cup and are on in the Windies. New Zealand is the only team that is missing. Yeah, their under 19 cricket World Cup, which is massive for our young cricketers to get involved in. They did that because uh, the team would have to isolate on the way back home in MIQ and. They didn't want young, some guys as 16 in that team, 17, ah. being alone in a hotel yeah, but room they, you can isolate together though, can't you? Yeah, I know. But, I know. Okay, but they still I, didn't want, and you can talk to your parents on FaceTime and do all that, but still, they yeah. didn't want to do that to, to young men having no. to put them isolation like that. So that was the reason behind that one. Fair call. No, but completely fair call. But, you know, Jerry and, and your mates, if you want to talk about something, talk about something, you know the number, right? It's 0800 150 811.
Anna Grimaldi, not too far away. This is SENZ Summer Days on a Friday with that 80s feel to get you into the weekend. Okay, I've got to stop using that voice. Sounds a bit creepy. Uh, the new athletic season is underway with plenty of our Paralympic stars competing. They were in the Dunedin last night for the Yvette Williams Memorial, including our next guest, uh, a real superstar too, two-time Paralympic gold medalist in the long jump. Anna Grimaldi joins us. Hey, Anna. Hey, how are you going? You wouldn't you wouldn't know to appreciate eighties music, would you? Or would you? <laughs> well, yeah, I was born in the late nineties, but I think I can still appreciate it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Nothing like a bit of. You need to go back and listen to a bit of stadium rock, or even a bit of Prince, and you'll you'll feel so much better about yourself. Great. Maybe I'll try that pre-comp next time. Yeah, uh, uh, mate, I'll tell you what, that's a very, very good <laughs> idea. Hey, I saw, uh, well, we saw, should I say, on your Facebook page, uh, big medals for big jumps. Uh, what happened at, <laughs> What happened for the uh, last night for you? I realised after I posted that that they were actually tiny medals, so maybe it looked like we jumped tiny, they, they, but they, they, I they, 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 that we jumped pretty well. So, um, yeah, we had the Yvette Williams um, Memorial meet last night in Dunedin. It was really cool. Great amount of people entered, which was great. And, yeah, did some long jump, first sort of long jump back um, from Tokyo. So, yeah. Well, what did you do? You got a medal. As you say, it looks like it came out of a cereal box, but... (laughs) Yeah, um, I I did. I won the women's event, the long jump, which was cool. Um, And my training partner won the um, male event. So that was really cool. I jumped 552 from my short run-up, so still easing back into um, getting back to that full run-up because it takes a bit more of a toll, but yeah, it was cool. Was that was that alongside able-bodied athletes? Yeah, it wasn't a huge field. Um, the, there was a lot of throws, um, throwers down for the event, but not a lot of jumpers, so if any jumpers are listening, please come next year and we have fun. <laughs> I'm told it was a classic Dunedin, Dunedin summer, freezing. Yes, actually. Yep, thermal, jacket, glove, everything. Wow, well, you, but you're a Dunedin girl, so that's nothing to you, right? <laughs> I wish that was true. Yeah, I love it. No. <laughs> hey, so so Yvette Williams, an amazing, an amazing individual. When you decided to go long jumping after having after dabbling with netball and basketball, was that someone you looked towards as inspiration? You know, when you were thinking about what you want to do next. Yeah, I mean, I think I, st- I stumbled upon athletics really, um, like, quickly. I didn't really um, see myself as, as being a, um, a long jumper or even participating in athletics. It just wasn't something on my radar. But when I got the call up to come and give it a go, I was like, oh, this could be really cool. And, and there was some other Paralympians that were based in Dunedin at that time, Holly um, Robinson and Rory and Jess as well. And, and I think they were big inspirations of like, well, they can do it in Dunedin, so maybe I can too. And then, you know, having a vet be from Dunedin, we've got such a rich history, and I think that always plays into it. And, um, yeah, it's been cool having people like that to look up to and, um, you know, um, know that it's possible to do it from, you know, down in the south here. How quickly as a young woman, a young individual, do you have to come to terms that you are a Paralympian 
and that, you know, born with a, a, a non-functional right hand, but you can still do it. Yeah, I mean, I've just, I guess it's one of those things, like you guys were born with two hands, I was born with one, and that's kind of just how it goes. Yeah. I learned everything with one hand. It didn't make life any harder because I was learning to ride a bike, tie my shoes, you know, throw and catch a ball like everyone else yeah. was, and I just was slightly different, and I guess maybe it was harder for my parents because they had to think up ways of that I could do it, but I think anyone who's born with a disability is built with that sort of inbuilt problem solver and um, always looking to new ways to do things, and I think that's also helped me on my athletic journey too, you know. I'm never sort of settling. I'm always looking for things we could do more of or a better way, and yeah, I guess growing up though, like I was pretty self-conscious, but since joining athletics, I've definitely gained that confidence and, you know, the only reason I have this job is because I've got one hand, so it's kind of the cool part of it as well. Yeah, and, and, and the most important thing is to, to, to not f- not feel any different. I mean, that's easy to say, harder to do. Definitely, and I think I'll always be different, but I guess as you grow up, you see that that can be a cool thing and not just um, that you're different and that's harder. It's different mm. and it can lead to more opportunities. And, um, yeah, I think it takes a while to get there, and I... I definitely wasn't there until um, probably my 20s, I think. So, um, yeah. Let's, yeah. But with, 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 but with long jump, I mean, you need, you need power. And there's always, you know, the arms are always pushing and, and creating and generating extra power. It, do, you, is it, do you have as much or not? I know that sounds an odd question, but I need to ask it. <laughs> I think um, I'm pretty powerful. I think it's just the fact that, Athletics and most sport as a whole is built on someone that has four limbs and that it that it even. Mm. And um, when you throw yourself into the air and you're lopsided on one side, that that's really um, quite difficult to offset. And that's why I now run with a prosthetic. And um, yeah, but I think I, I'm still pretty powerful. And we yeah. just make different ways of doing things. I've got an awesome gym prosthetic that helps us do most exercises that we need to do. And um, yeah, we'll just figure it out as we go. And yeah, yeah, you've, cool yeah you've got this sorted. You've got this sorted. We we understand that. You know, you've only been doing long. <laughs> you've only been doing long jump since 2013. You're a two-time Paralympic champion. Would you have ever guessed that would happen? No, I think when I back when I first started, I thought Tokyo might be my first shot at even going to a games, let alone being a two-time gold medalist. It's still pretty crazy, but I think the last five years have been a huge effort and um, it's sort of the the fruits of the, the struggles have kind of come through in this jump in Tokyo and I hope that people who had witnessed both um, events could see how much stronger and um, how much I'd grown through those last kind of pretty tough five years. So yeah, um, I, I still really can't, can't believe it and I see the medal sometimes at home and I go, gosh, is that mine? But yeah. I'm still really, really proud. Well, d- does it give you a bit of swag though? Like you rock, you rock up to the Caledonian last <laughs> night and go, "Look out, look out, folks! Two-time champ coming into the house." There's always, I mean, I don't know about last night, but like we went to meet last Saturday, and <laughs> there's always someone on the mic that loves to mention it, and it's kind of funny, but I, I, I yeah, it's cool. Yeah, uh, come on, come on. Being able to share it with everyone else as well, because I mean, it is an individual sport, but. There's so many people that help me get there, even just the people supporting me, you know, online or in person or, you know, sending me a message of support. Those those things are cool. So being able to go to an event and 
um, talk to people and say hey and say thanks is, is really cool as well. Come on, you love a bit of swag there, don't you? you got to say it. Come on. <laughs> a bit of a swag in the sure. street. Yeah. Yeah, get, get, get in there. Hey, uh, are you aiming for the Paralympic World Champs in Kobe this year? Yes. Although I think um, they're potentially going to be postponed or cancelled, so that's a bit of a shame um, just due, due to COVID. So um, we've sort of got a moving goalpost at the moment. So I guess we train like they're on until we know otherwise. But, um, yeah, we'll... Um, Nationals is in March, so that's the next goal, and a few competitions before then too to get ready. So yeah, the season's sort of coming along quite nicely. I still feel like I'm at the start of the coming back journey because I had a massive break after Tokyo, and yeah, just easing back into it. How much letdown was there after Tokyo? We talk about athletes that they come back and suddenly there's this huge drop because the build-up has been so long, they compete, whether they're successful or not, doesn't really matter. But then there's this huge drop-off. Did it affect you at all? Um, I think it does. I think, I think I really wasn't prepared for it last time after Rio and I had that experience going into this, this Games and knowing that that's sometimes how it feels. But I... I made sure that I, like it was a non-negotiable for me this time that we had like a couple of months off and I had nearly three off um, and that was like just something that I needed to know that I have that I could get to um, Paris, um, you know, it's still in one piece mentally and physically so it, that was sort of already planned in there and I think um, I just, yeah, worked on the part of Anna that was an athlete when I got back and that was kind of nice as well so just take a step back but I think I was a lot more prepared this time of course there's still that like let down because you know the last five years every sort of thought of like what do I have for dinner even is sort of all based around training and getting to Tokyo so when that sort of is done you're like oh what do I do now well uh, well what do you do now I mean are you studying do you work outside of all of this training at the moment no I finished my study in June, just before we sort of left the um, Tokyo. So I'm just going to be full-time athlete for a little bit and hopefully maybe look at getting some work later in the year and, yeah. What are you but studying? I'm enjoying it now. What are you studying? I study construction management and then when I first left school, I studied quantity surveying, so... Nice. Just a wee double there. So, yeah. Oh, just a wee double. Yes, just a, just, just a wee double there. 5.91, that's your personal best. Can you yes. go past that? Yeah, I think I wouldn't have decided to carry on another cycle if I didn't think that was possible. I think um, I feel like that was just the start. That was part of the season of like all of the work coming together from the last five years. And so, yeah, I feel like we've got more to give. Well, that's good. You know what? It's been a real treat talking to you today. Congratulations on getting your little medal last night because <laughs> even, even you were taking making fun of it, so I can make a little bit of fun of it as well. Nice to have you back in the country. I certainly hope Kobe happens. And, and we'll talk again, yeah, Anna, okay? Thank you. Sounds good. Yeah, it was Thanks cool. No, you're more than welcome. Anna Grimaldi, two-time Paralympic gold medalist. What a lovely, lovely individual to talk to. Man, that's, that's a special treat. It's 10.43. Summer days on SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport.
1049, this is SNZ Summer Days and the police. One of those great songs, do-do-do-da-da-da, something that uh, John would probably do in his karaoke, although we still think, actually, what we need to find is, and I'll ask Brian to find this, Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody, which is John's karaoke go-to. Uh, Brian, if you can find that before 2 o'clock this afternoon, that would be good, and then maybe we could see if John, uh, not inebriated, can sing his karaoke of Whitney Houston. Uh, guys, if you want to talk to me, ring me because there's some interesting uh, calls, com- uh, texts coming through. Uh, this one from Chris, and I, and I do agree with you here, Chris. He says, "Is it just me that thinks our male athletes could really learn something from the women when it comes to being interviewed and doing press? Every young woman I've heard on the station is thankful for the time, so open and so happy to chat. They always finish with thanks, and I'm thinking, no, ladies, thank you." Come on, boys. That's how you do interviews. Cheers, says Chris. No, that's nice. But, you know, if you want to talk about it, talk about it with me. 0800 150 811. That's 0800 We are talking to Danny Green, the co-promoter of the SBW uh, Barry Hall fight on March 23. I have just had a call from Coda Nasser, who is SBW's manager. Uh, I was thinking, well, maybe we can get SBW. He's actually in the air now, flying to... You guessed it, England, and work out in Tyson Fury's camp. So he is leaving no stone unturned. So I did try, but we'll talk to Danny Green, uh, world champion, who is uh, the co-promoter of this event, and just see what he thinks how the turf war is going to roll out. Uh, that'll be at half past 12 today here on SENZ Summer Days. Now, Fox Sports have picked their Rugby League Team of the Decade, 2012 to 2021. And i got to say, if this was my team, I'd be pretty happy about it. But you may have some thoughts on that one. And you know the number to ring if you've got some thoughts, 0800 150 811. So at fullback, Billy Slater. At wing, Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Centres, Greg Inglis and Latrell Mitchell. The other wing, Brett Morris. Consistency, can score goal, can score tries. At six, Jonathan Thurston. At seven, Cooper Cronk. At eight, front row, Sam Burgess. And hooker, no surprise here, Cameron Smith. And then Matt Scott as your other front rower. Interesting one. Uh, second row, Paul Gallant. Yeah, you got to have Gallant in there because he's just an alpha male and could play, even though he's two foot six. Uh, Boyd Cordner in the second row with him. Now, 13 is Jason Tomalolo. Is there a better 13? And the word on the street and in the press is that we might not see much of Jason Tomalolo at all. He is uh, not getting the vax. That's what we're reading. I read yesterday, I went, oh, didn't see that one coming. It looks like Nelson Asofa Solomona could be off to Japanese rugby. Won't get the vax. There's no mandate over there about vaxing. So Nelson Asofa Solomona's days with the Melbourne Storm could well and truly be up. All, uh, so the bench, James Tedesco on the bench. Well, when you've got Billy Slater, you know, and you don't even have Tom Trevojevic in here, uh, blessed with fullbacks. Jesse Bromwich, yep, we like that. Luke Lewis on your bench. And the final one is Tom Trevojevic. Oh, yeah, Tommy Turbo. So Tom Trevojevic. I, was, I actually would have might have, I might have put his, other, his brother on there, John. The yeah, other well, they've, got, they've got the balance wrong on the bench. If you've got Tedesco and Turbo on the bench, well, yeah. that's wrong for a start. It's because they couldn't make a call, could they? So what would you do? What would you do with your bench? 
Well, I'm, I'm a Tommy Turbo fan. Okay, but you can't put him over Billy Slater. I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. I'm saying instead of Tedesco on the bench, because he can cover more positions for you. He can cover the centre, he can cover the wing and fullback. So who would you put on your bench? Because for me, they haven't actually got any c- real cover for 5'8 and 7, you know, and, yeah. and even hooker. Yeah. So yeah. who's your, who's your best 14, fo- Who's your best 14? Well, let's chuck it out there. Lance O'Hire. <laughs> the, no, he, he was gone by the 2012. The Huntley Hurricane. I wish. I wish. <laughs> he was gone by then. All righty. So give us your thoughts. 0800 150811. 0800 Your rugby league team of the decade. Summer days on SENZ. It's Kiwi for sport. 10.59, coming your way after 11 o'clock this morning. Andrea Nelson, the CEO of the ICC Women's Cricket World Cup on how things are progressing. And I'm sure sitting on her shoulder like an annoying fly is the word Omicron. Uh, with officials saying it's, wow, looky, 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 looky to afford to. Two to three weeks in Auckland. Who, who knows what's going on? Also, after 11.30, uh, who are we talking to? I've forgotten. Stumped, of course, 11.30, we're talking to some, and of course, what am I saying? What am I saying, MacIver? Uh, Mike Blood Diamond on his debut in the UFC 271 coming your way before midday today. We've actually thought that if you want your number 14, your perfect bench player in the team of the decade in rugby league, we would put Isaac Luke in there. What would you do? 0800 150811. Have a think about it. Scour the books. Remember, 2012 to 2021. Summer days on SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. to SENZ Summer Days with that 80s feel. The quiet ride, yeah, come on, feel the noise. Well, that is what Andrew Nelson, the CEO of the ICC Cricket Women's World Cup, will want plenty of noise around the stadiums that are hosting this. And Andrea joins us right now. Hey, Andrea, nice to talk to you again. Morena, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. You, you know, you're, you're a child of the 80s, aren't you? You loved 80s music. Come on. Look, I'd like a quiet ride. Was that what that lyric Quiet ride, quiet riot. But you must oh, do you have a favourite 80s artist? Oh, boy, you're putting me on the spot there. Oh, come on, Andrea. I was partial to a little Millie Vanilli when I was... Uh, Millie Vanilli. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How about just Millie Vanilla? Come on, girl. Hey, um, <laughs> this has been a long journey. You're 49 days away from it today. How do things stack up at the moment with the Cricket Women's World Cup? Yeah, look, 49 days, that's a pretty exciting milestone for us. To, uh, as you might remember, we originally were going to happen earlier in 2021, so we had an extra year to plan, and um, we made good use of that time, so we're really excited. It's only uh, a few more weeks to go till the first ball is bowled in Tauranga. Logistically, how many people have you got as part of your team to make this happen? 
Yeah, working in the office right now, we have about 50 people, but then we're also working with the cricket associations all over the country, the venues, the local councils. So there's thousands of people. We've got local champions in every cricket club and, and you know, ethnic community. So there's thousands of people who are living and breathing this right now. So and I think we're all just totally motivated about the opportunity to show the world women's cricket at its best. Yeah, well, Andrew, I, I think timing is incredible. Oh, oh sorry critical with many, many things. And with the rise in the popularity of women's sport, your timing couldn't be any better. Absolutely. And I think that extra year that we had gave New Zealanders the chance to get to know the White Ferns a bit better. And I think anyone who has turned on the television this year has seen, you know, the incredible displays from Sophie Devine and the WBBL over in Australia or Mealy Kerr, you know, dominating in the uh, in the Super Smash here. Um, there's also, uh, coming up really soon, we've got the Ashes happening in Australia, the Women's Ashes. So you have a chance to see some incredible talent from England and Australia, which is a great warm-up for our event. How important do you think it is to have, shall we say, role models, heroes for young women who want to play cricket to see on their home turf? Yeah, there's a, there's a phrase, isn't it? If you can't see it, you can't be it. And I remember when I first started this project, going to meet the white fans and talking to them and said, who were your heroes? And it was their dads and it was male players. And for them, it was the motivation of being able to be the heroes for a new generation. And young girls and young boys, you know, looking at the likes of Sophie, Susie, Mealy, and, you know, admiring their talent. Uh, it's just a, it's a new world from when from the 80s and Millie Vanilli and Quiet Riot, <laughs> you know. It's a new world from where we grew up. Uh, Stephen, and you know, so honoured to be part of kind of bringing that to the world. I cannot believe you're still bringing up Millie Vanilli, Andrew. We we we, we, we got to have a long. <laughs> you put me on the spot, mate. Well, we got to have a long talk about the, this one. Hey, uh, I, there are some several initiatives that you've brought in, but the one people keep ta- talking to me about is uh, the crash facility. What brought this one on? Yeah, look, it was actually a conversation at a Phoenix game with uh, Rahul, uh, who runs Porth, which is from any parent will know Porth. They are the in-home child care providers here in New Zealand. And it was an idea that he had and we talked about because they're all about celebrating working parents and we're all about removing barriers for people to experience live sports. So it was a great kind of meeting of minds. And so, yeah, you'll be able to come along to our batches and leave the weekend for a little while so you can enjoy the game in peace. And we've actually got more announcements coming. So I'd keep your, uh, keep your ears open. We've got more things we're announcing to bring a family-friendly uh, environment to our matches. And just $7 for kids and $17 for adults, including fees, it's pretty unbeatable, really. You don't want to just give us a sneaky preview of something else you want to announce? Or are, you, are you going to play the, that, that game or that media game? of I, I have to time this perfectly for everything. I'm making an announcement of an announcement, mate. So you're making gonna... <laughs> <laughs> wow, back, back, backhander at the government. Nice, n- n- nice. I know. I am not doing that. To be very clear, I am not doing that. Yeah. We, uh, well, it um, sounded like say, it. <laughs> what I would say is that we have something for the whole family, so not just the kids, but the parents too. And that would be the uh, the teaser I'd give you. You mentioned local heroes. Am I correct? Local champions. Yeah. Local champions. What are your local champions? Look, we've got people uh, from, you know, ex-sports people and celebrities down to uh, community, uh, people in the community who are just really excited about the event. So it might be the treasurer of the cricket club, the, uh, you know, the, a member of the uh, Indian Association who were all about inspiring their community to get along to the matches. So we've got about a thousand of those around the country. Oh, wow. And really excited about, um, you know, the role they're going to play in bringing the people to the stadium. Because uh, so- what we need is those stadia full and those pictures to go around the world 
to show the support New Zealand has for women's sport. Well, I don't want to be sound like, you know, the, the party pooper here, but are you, let's be honest here, that word Omicron is sitting around. Um, if that bumps into the community, what plans do you have in place? We had so many plans we could uh, build a building of them, you know. We have uh, contingencies on contingencies, and we will follow the government guidance. So we will do the right thing for the community here in New Zealand. But right now, um, you know, it's an outdoor event under the traffic light system. That event will be, you know, it'll, it'll be good to go in Amber around the country, and we're really excited about bringing people into yeah, the yeah, state. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to bring it down, Andrew, but it's just a fact of life, right? And, I mean, I'm assuming uh, anyone that wants to go has to have a vaccine pass the whole nine yards, and will it be, could, it, could it be a case of vaccine pass and you must wear a mask to, to try and get those grounds full, like we've seen in the Australian cricket summer? Yeah, we'll follow the guidelines. So we'll do whatever the government is, uh, is telling event organisers to do. Right now, that is you need a vaccine pass, and we've communicated that to our ticket holders, and we'll have plans in place for whatever might be thrown at us. Hey, has it been an easy sell, this Cricket World Cup, for you? Yeah, look, I think it's been remarkable to see in the two years we've been working on it how much easier and easier it is to have a discussion about women's sport. We've got incredible corporate support behind the event. You know, ANZ, Port got more announcements to come of, of big partners. You know, there's no... Um, we've sold out at Corporate Hospitality at seven of our games. So you can really see the kind of conversations change. It's not a matter of what people feel like they should be doing. It's what they want to do because women's sport and women's cricket, it's a great event and people want to be part of it. Yeah, now, you've been involved in some some big events. I mean, the, the, the first time I met you, you'd been at the 2012 Olympic Games, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I did eight years working on that in the UK and then came back here, worked on the, um, we worked together on the FIFA Under-20 World Cup That's and right. actually on the Rugby League World Cup also. So yeah, if you're there. So, so when you, when you, so that experience, does, as you move on, does it make it easier to, to formulate plans and logistics because you've got that back up? Yeah, and I'd say not just myself. I think New Zealand as a nation is just getting better and better at hosting these events and people love bringing events here because the community just embraces it, you know. We really get behind our World Cup. Everyone has their memory of Grant Elliott, six, you know, mm. Beavers drop, you know, goal, you know. Everyone has those moments in their mind, and we're looking forward to being the next big event that comes to town. Look, I'm not stalking you, but for some reason you're on Facebook. I notice your, your son is right into his cricket. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, when I got this job, he was as happy as a, a small lad could be, and he did on Sunday get the chance to shake hands with Sir Richard Hadley, so I think... Uh, he was a very content wee man. Oh, that, that's well. That's that's what parents do, right? If you're in that position, he's very lucky too. Uh, as far as logistics of of accommodation and the numbers of teams, what are we looking at? And and hotels and buses and and the likes. How big is it? Give us give us some oh, context. Yeah, so we've got about so we've got eight teams, squads of up to thirty for each of them. We've got our match officials, our broadcast staff. So these events are massive logistical exercises. So we have a team of four or five people right now working on buses and, and hotels and flights and all those details. So it's a massive uh, logistical operation, but it's also a huge contribution to the local economy as well with all of those uh, hotel rooms being filled. How much travel have you been doing of late? Well, domestically, not as much as I would have was planning, to be honest, because we were stuck at home for a while here in Auckland. But um, no, a fair bit of travel and a fair bit on the horizon ahead. And of course, you've got the trophy tour with Nissan, right? You're, you're taking the trophy around. Well, how's that being received? Yeah, look, we launched that yesterday with 50 days to go, and what we launched was that we would be welcoming the trophy in Tauranga, which seemed appropriate because 
Tauranga Moana, that's the host of our first game, New Zealand versus West Indies. And a month before that first game, the trophy will arrive. Um, and then we'll be bringing it around the country. And again, it's just another con- a chance for public to get involved, have their photo taken, meet some local celebrities, you know, get the kids to do some fun activities and, um, you know, gear up for the big event. You are creating a totally immersive experience. I'm starting to get excited myself. Where do, I, where do people get tickets? Yeah, so just go to tickets.cricketworldcup.com. And as I say, every match, $7 for kids, $17 for adults once you chuck the fees in. So it's pretty unbeatable value. And you can actually, there are a few corporate spots left if, uh, if you're looking for a day to involve a bit more, you know, style and finish. Well, it sounds like you are certainly on top of the ICC Cricket Women's World Cup. You've given something for, to us today. Now we're going to give you something. Have a listen. Now, what does that take you back to? I'm regretting my words. <laughs> Andrea, thanks so much for giving us your time, okay? Cheers. See ya, Andrea Nelson. Pump that up a little bit. Millie Vanilli, come on. I've got two older sisters, Stephen, and I grew up in the 80s, and I know this song way more than I should. And they lip-synced everything. They lip-synced. Unbelievable. I can't believe it. How good is this? How good is it? Hey, 80s Friday, baby. Come on. Uh. Got to wait till the chorus, don't we? We do, we do. That's why it's called Entertainment. It is 11.15. This is SENZ Summer Rock and Roll Days. Summer Days on SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. This is SENZ Summer Days with Stephen McIver till 2 today. Smithy's back at 9am on Monday, back into the regular squeeze, you might say, and a lot to look forward to. A couple of interesting little tweets I've just noticed popped up. One from Hugh underscore 86. He says, kudos to SENZ Radio, uh, putting up their interviews of New Zealand sportswomen. Well, thank you very much. We've had Anna Grimaldi, two-time Paralympic gold medalist, and Tyler Nathan Wong. You can go onto our SENZ uh, website or app, uh, look up Mornings with Smithy, look at the podcast, and they will be up there right now for you to listen to. And here's some great news too from SENZ. Uh, NFL playoffs starting this Sunday. We've got the live call of the wildcard weekend uh, with the Buffalo Bills against the Patriots. Josh Allen against Mac Jones. Looking forward to that. And why wouldn't you be? It's interesting that 
and I, I, I find it fascinating too. This year, more than any year, JD, I have become. I love my NFL, but I, for some reason, uh, I have got more into it this year. Uh, maybe it's because on Sky Sport through ESPN, they're showing so much of it. And you sit down, you go, and you can sort of drift in and out because it takes about two and a half, three hours for a game. Which is my issue with it, which I can never love. American football, but um, I heard the breakfast guys talking about this morning. They're into it. Um, yeah, I mean, we're going to be talking about this afternoon, and you are into you know your stuff. No, I don't. You no, do. No, I hang on. Let's just back in the truck up here a little bit. I like American football. I love watching the Cowboys play. I like what's about. I'm learning more about it the more I sit down on my big bum and do it and watch it because it's 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 crazy. The the, the way it is broadcast is the key to it all, right? right. Yeah, and. I just struggle with the ads. I just struggle because, you know, the game is built around commercialism. And so they will literally take an ad and they will be queued back in for the next play sometimes. Yeah. That's what happens. So it's it's just fascinating. Uh, uh, Bruce is on the line. G'day, Bruce. Hello. Hey, Good morning again. Oh, hello, Bruce. How are you, mate? Hey, what is it about, actually, a quick comment about American sport. I'm not into American sport. NBA is the only thing I really used to like, but why, why do Americans call the Blimmin' Baseball the World Series when yeah. they're the only ones playing in the game thing? Well, because they live in their own world. It's like it's like with the NFL. They, call it, it. they call it the World Championship. And and if you go to America, of which I've, I haven't I've only been a couple of times, but I think uh, you, what you discover very quickly is that not a lot of Americans travel. They travel within America. But not a lot of Americans yeah. travel outside of America. So to them, the good old USA is the world. So that's sort of my yeah. argument. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. All right, away from that. Look, I heard you talking about the upcoming women's world cricket. Yep. Um, I, I feel this is a, a huge opportunity for uh, all sports people and lovers of just, just a pure level of sport. I feel I feel women's cricket is, I actually enjoy it sometimes better than men's cricket because they literally they, they don't have a lot of um, bad uh, history and stuff that's gone on and they play pretty much a pure game of cricket. When, you, when, you, say, when you say pure, what's your interpretation okay. of pure? Um... I don't see a huge amount of niggle and that that sort of verbal crap going on and so on. Do you not like that but in the men's game? Pardon? Do you not like that in the men's um, game? Do you not like that sort of rivalry, that combativeness? Well, well it's taken too far. They, they find, they, they, they tend to, they want to try and get every advantage. So they bring that in as, a, as another type of advantage to upset their opponent. Mm-hmm. Instead of just performing physically, mentally with the bloody ball, and you know that, that's how I feel. That's fine. So, what are you looking? For, what are you looking forward to like about it. the World Cup? Okay, um, I'm looking forward to going to the matches. I know that. I I love our I love the new young girls that are coming through and so on. It's great to see Amelia Kerr back in form. Um, Blair Tahuhu back on the scene again. Absolutely rearing to go. Um, that's a great, you know, had a row. I feel we're still we're still behind the England and the Australia quite clearly, those two sides. But home advantage, 
really good support. Uh, you know, I think they can give it a real good push. Yeah, and I think that's the key, being home support. And Andrea Nelson is doing so much to try and make it. And I think this is the key to any sport in this country, something that rugby needs to really learn. The game day experience. Warriors do it beautifully, and you can sense with what Andrea's trying to do with crashes, the whole nine yards, local champions getting the community involved. That game day experience will make what might be considered, could be an average game, just a better game because the whole family's got into it. Absolutely. Can I make one comment about the uh, our sportsmen overseas really struggling to get back here and not knowing um, really what their future's like? These guys and girls, that is their living. That's their bread. That, that's their investment in their life. They have to go through way more protocols and checks and all that sort of thing than the average person away on holiday and so on. Yes, and but, but, but on the other side of the... But as the, hang on, hang on. Yeah, I, I hear you, but on the other side of the ledger, there are standard Kiwis that are still wanting to come home as well and are in the same situation. So should we, and we are, we are seeing some sort of favouritism going around with, with sporting teams, but should that be the norm is the question? Well, I just think that... Yeah, it's a tough, mate, it's a tough one. No, no, you know the businessman in um, Ian Taylor? Yeah. I thought he was... Was he given the go-ahead for a trial last yeah, he did. year? Yeah, he did it, and he did it successfully. He did it successfully. Uh, he did, so yeah. how was that... He paid what for it himself. He paid so basically he paid for his own own accommodation. He paid for his own tests, the whole nine yards, to show that business can still operate in a COVID environment without, uh, shall we say, re- yeah. really tough restrictions and having to go through and try and get through an MIQ system. So if you are prepared to pay uh, as a business, yeah. uh, it can be yep. done because it, it happens like that in America. But has has that been Continued? I, I don't. I, don't I look. I, I, I actually so don't know. The point of it? Yeah. No. No. Complete. No. He's. He has to prove himself like anyone. But whether they get the sign off to do it again is beyond me. Hey, Bruce. Uh, thanks for calling, mate. I yeah. really. I really appreciate you getting on the phone and having a yarn because we all love a good yak. Okay. You're welcome, mate. Yeah. Yeah. You're no. Welcome, thanks, mate. but I appreciate it. Oh eight hundred. 150811. So there you go. It's not hard. Pick up the phone. If something's annoying you, 0800 And Rich and Tiamutu, thanks for the text, but you could call. Absolutely loving the NFL at the moment, Stephen. This year has been a much more open competition. Can't wait for the finals. Live on SCNZ starting this Sunday, Bills versus the Patriots. It is uh, 11.28. John, something's on your mind. You're holding your computer, which means something. Yes, I am, um, which means I am looking forward to live sport this weekend, and Super Smash is the way to go. And that's thanks to PGG Rights and Turf, Durascape Lawn Seed from PGG Rights and all fruit feed stores. And today, if you're at Bay Oval, man, I wish I was at Bay Oval in the sun watching cricket. You can watch the Northern Brave women against the Central Hinds from 10 past 3. And then after that is the Northern Brave men up against the Central Stags, 6.40 tonight at Bay Oval. So if you're around the Tauranga Bay area, that is the place to be. Then on Saturday, the Kennards Higher Community Oval, which is Eden Park number 2, the Auckland Hearts. So this is where you'll see the stars of the upcoming Cricket World Cup, the women's. They're taking on the Otago Sparks from 10 past 11 on Saturday. Then it's the men Auckland Aces against the Otago Vault. And then on Sunday, Cobham Oval. Cobham Oval, I've got a feeling that's up in Whangarei. 
I think. It's the Northern Brave again, mm, Women yeah. Against the Blaze. That's Mealy Kerr in the Blaze. She is an absolute star. Uh, that's at 10 past 10 in the morning on Sunday. Great time for the kids and the Northern Brave men at 1.40 in the afternoon against the Wellington Firebirds there on a Sunday. All thanks to PGG Rights and Turf. Ask about their Juriscape lawn seed from your local PGG Rights and or Fruit Feed store, Stephen. Heading towards 11.30 and now's your chance. I got stumped yesterday. Well, no, I actually don't know if it, no, we didn't get stumped. We just couldn't answer the questions. Anyway, now is your chance here on SENZ Summer Days to try and stump Stephen for the last time. Smithy's back on Monday between 9 and midday. 0800 150 It's 0800 150 Have a crack at stumping me and be a winner with SENZ. Stumped by Stephen. Yep, your last chance for a little while to stump Stephen and take away some Sleep Drops Daytime Revive, their New Zealand's only specialist range of sleep and stress support supplements, as well as that 50 bucks from the TAB, which you can turn into a hell of a lot more. Craig from Christchurch, your first time on Stumping. Welcome. G'day, fellas. How are you, mate? How are things in the Garden City? Yeah, pretty good. Oh, beautiful sunshine. Bit of cloud, but oh, about 23, 24 degrees. Oh, awesome. What about Lovely. what about wind direction? Because that was a very nice weather report, mate. Could you tell us where the wind's coming from? Well, it's always important in Christchurch where the wind's coming uh, from. Uh, I think it's coming out, out of the north there, Stephen. <laughs> what allows you to play Stump by Stephen? Are you working or have got on lunch break? What's the story? Early lunch break, Stephen. What do you do, mate? Come on, spill. Uh, I work for um, I work for Ara Potara for corrections actually. Oh, good man! Ah, oh, well, hell of a job. So you need to, you need a bit of a stress free uh, time. We won't make this too hard for you today. No, <laughs> we will not. So three sporting categories. You choose one, Craig, and then get three questions right, and you win all the prizes. But as soon as you get one wrong, Stephen comes in and he tries to stump you. Yeah. So your sporting categories today: motorsport, yes, cricket, no, rugby league, yes. Which one of those do or you like, cricket. Craig? It's de- definitely got to be the cricket one. Oh, yeah. come on! You gave yourself away, Stephen. You shouldn't have. Che- you should have cheered for cricket. Like, no, yes. I, I don't think. He, I think he was dead set going to do cricket anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Craig. I've got a feeling you're going to be walking away with the prizes, but who knows? <laughs> Question number one: We know him as Ross Taylor, but that's only one of his four first names. Name one oh, no. other of Ross Taylor's first names. Is it Lupo? Lupi? One of Lupe? the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Oh, you were dancing all around it, but it's gone through to the keeper, which is Stephen McIver, and he can whip the bales off here if he gives me a right oh, answer. No. Just need one, right? Just one of them. I heard the other day when we were talking about, you know, we've been talking about Ross Taylor all summer, and someone said he had a similar name to Lottie Tunkiri, the rugby league player. So I don't think it would be Tunkiri, so I'm going to go Lottie. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Lutero Ross Portoa Lotte Taylor. So Stephen McIver has just Just stumped you, Craig. Like that, eh? I'm Just sorry, like mate. That. I'm sorry. I've got a reasonably good memory. Bugger. It's only because <laughs> <laughs> it's a great bugger. It's a great bugger. Thanks, pal. It was-
Only because it was related okay. to rugby league that Stephen got that right. Hard luck, Craig. Try another day, mate. We'd love to have you back on. But Kerry, that means you're up to the wicket and taking guard. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, guys. Yourselves? Yeah, good. How's the Manawatu? Oh, real good. Yeah. What, 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 what do you do down that way, bud? Uh, I'm a digger at the moment. Oh, is it is it hot and sweaty? You got all the windows open. Mate, got the aircon gun and um, and ECN radio gun. It's the perfect combination. What a combination. And what would be even better is if you could add some sleep drops and 50 bucks from the TAB to that. What's your cricket knowledge like? Oh, not too bad, but yeah. You don't want that one though, do you, eh? Nah, I prefer motor racing or rugby league. But Come on. Good. Okay, we can, we on. can switch. We can switch. It's been done before. Do you want to switch? We'll give it a go. You want to give cricket no, we'll a go? Stay with, we'll stay with cricket. Okay. Honest soldier. All right. Question number two. Ross Taylor has now retired from Test Cricket and his last act was a wicket. How many Test wickets did Ross Taylor take in his career? Um, I'm going to say three. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and the way it goes. Of course, Stephen, you would know that Ross yes, Taylor I did. took I... two wickets in India. Yeah, no, but I knew he had three wickets in total. Oh. Man, you have been doing your cricket homework. Oh, I have to, don't I? We're having to work with you guys. Yeah, Christ. that's true. We do love our <laughs> cricket here on SCNZ, especially on this show. Uh, but well done to you, Kerry, which means you just have one more question to get right to take the 50 bucks and the Sleep do- Drops Daytime Revive. It's Ross Taylor related again. Oh, cripes, come what on. What year did Ross Taylor make his Black Caps debut? Oh. He played for a long time, right. Ross. Oh, I know. Uh, I, oh, I might know this. I read this uh, yesterday. Not his test uh, debut, his Black Caps debut. When did he first play for the uh, Black Caps? Okay. I'm going to go 2000 and uh, nine. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Not correct. 2009 is incorrect. Stephen McIver, another I think something. The, I think it's the next year. I, I'm a, hang on, don't jump. It's either that or two twelve, but I think it's two ten. One of the worst oh. things I have ever seen oh, done on a cricket field. So it's 2022 now, and Ross Taylor has played 16 years of international cricket for New Zealand. 2006 is when Ross Taylor oh, made wow. his debut, an incredible career, which means, Kerry, by default, you have won 50 bucks from the TAB, but no sleep drops because you need to get the last question right to get the sleep drops. But anyway, <laughs> 50 bucks ain't too bad, Kerry, for getting something wrong. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, thank Well, it's, it's going to make swinging that big arm and that dig a whole lot easier, right? It is, mate. I'll better listen to a horse race tomorrow and put 50 bucks on. What are you, what are you digging? Where are you digging, by the way? What are you actually digging? Oh, we're just digging drains and that, yeah. Mate, you could sound yeah. a little more excited about it. Come on. It's a tough thing well, to... I would hate to be a digger driver because there is such a skill to it. Oh, yeah, there's plenty happening. Plenty happening, mate. It's the start of the year. I'll give you a job if you want, since it's your last day. <laughs> I, I, oh, mate, I appreciate, I appreciate that. I'd love to see you in the truck, not, Stephen. But not sure if I want to live in the Manawatu, too, though, OK? But uh, no disrespect. Well, we could go to Manfield on the weekend, though, Steve. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm not allowed. To, Murph won't let Murph, Murph won't let me in car tracks, but maybe the the good photo Manfield ball. Hey, Kerry, congratulations! You're a winner with SCNZ today, mate. Have a super weekend. 
Awesome, guys. Great show. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Some guys are actually working on my street at the moment, laying down new tar Did they seal. offer you a job? No, they didn't offer me a job, <laughs> and I was so glad because I was watching them from my air-conditioned house, mm. and it is so It's like 30 degrees out there, and they're working with hot tar, spraying it on the ground, then the hot gravel and the big steamroller comes and, along. And, and then they have to wear all the proper all safety gear. All the protection gear. gear. Uh, yeah, and you're thinking, oh, stuff that for that a joke. That is a tough job, Stephen. You've got a wee cushy, cushy job here, whoa, and so do I. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, hang on a minute, hang on. See, you're allowing people now that you're opening up a can of worms here. This is not a cushy job. The amount of preparation that we do for every show every day, and then we have to try and entertain people, it's not cushy. No, no, it's not. Come on, mate. We don't sweat, do we? Oh, I'll be sweating soon if we don't get uh, Blood Diamond, <laughs> Blood Diamond <laughs> yeah. because he has to ring us and he's someone said he had an appointment. So we are supposed to have Blood Diamond. Uh, we are waiting for the call. Hang on, folks. Uh, it's 11.40 on SENZ Summer Days. Summer Days on SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. SENZ, it's 11.46, UFC 271, not, not too far away, and making his debut into the Octagon will be another of the CKB amazing athletes that they produce. But this one is special because we think, in our humble opinion, could be the start of something big in the UFC. His name is Blood Diamond. He joins us right now. Hey, mate, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, the last time I spoke to you, I think we were in the ring for a King in the Ring, which was about two years ago, and, and you'd won that one. It's a long way from there to the UFC. But before we even go any further, I've got to ask you, Mike, I watched a piece on Israel Adesanya's YouTube channel last night, you being interviewed. You never really yeah. said what your real name is. I know it's Blood Diamond, and you said the reason was you mumbled your African name, and they said, oh, it was Blood Diamond. But may I be uh, politely ask, what is your real name? Uh, simple, Mike. But, uh, I mean, like, I've always gone with that name my whole career, so I'm like, why, start? why change it, you know? Uh, I'm just so used to it. Uh, to being called Blood Diamond, you know. But what's your what's your may I ask your surname? You're from Zimbabwe, so what's your surname? Mateta. Mateta. So it's Mike Mateta is your proper yeah. handle, but Blood Diamond, which which puts a lot of fear into people. Tell me what people can expect in your fight against Orion Kosk. Um, uh, they know as much as I do. <laughs> I just I uh, just take it by. By the minute, you know, I, can, I cannot really tell you. All, all I can say is, uh, uh, we really, me and my team, we really got prepared, you know. Um, and uh, you, you know, it, it sounds cliche when people say this has been my best training camp, but I feel like it has been different from all the other training camps I've done. You know, um, added a few new things, and uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, uh, just the vibe, you know. It, yeah, Mike. Well, well, should I say? I'll call you Blood. We'll make it easier. But what people fail to realise, though, is this: the amount of fights you actually have behind you. Your MMA record may look, you know, small, but you have hundreds yeah. of kickboxing fights behind you, don't you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I got to. A, I was in China and I was uh, fighting basically almost every week, and it gets to a point you lose count, you know. I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah, next week I'm fighting. Yeah, ne- next week I'm fighting. Or oh, maybe this week I'll miss, you know. So I couldn't keep a record of it. How much better prepared do you think you are for the octagon? 
having had all that fight game experience? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it is a fight. I've been fighting for such a long time. Um, and, yeah, I just, like, what I just need to do is just show up, really. Um, I've put in the hard yards. I've been putting in the hard yards uh, for a long time. Um, I've been getting all the skills I need, uh, the mixed martial art part, and yeah, uh, I've got I've got my strengths. I'm gonna use I'm gonna use them very well, and yeah, just just gotta get in there and do my thing. Bloodwood, what are the biggest things? Be obviously having to learn to grapple and get and be able to get off the ground and up again. Yeah, uh, of course, everyone's on their game plan is to take me down. Uh, yeah, so uh, I've had. I've put in so much time to work on my wrestling. Uh, I've been working with Andre. And, yeah, just a lot of the MMA drills we do at our gym, you know. Um, and also, like, uh, when I first started uh, my uh, MMA career, uh, I trained with uh, Tenth Planet uh, in Irvine, California, mm-hmm. uh, under Tim Oyama. So I was... I still have memories of all those things. So, yeah, it's just bringing a whole lot of skills together. And then uh, when time comes, I'll show them. I know you're playing it down, but it must be really beneficial to be in a camp that is littered with champions. Uh, that's the thing. The, a lot of people are seeing it that way. But remember, I've been training with these guys for a very long time. Uh, this this team is to me that's the dream team. Once upon a time, I was traveling around, uh, searching for an ideal place to train, uh, and then I just realized uh, back home is where it's at. You know, so yeah, I'm definitely in the best place. Talk to me about the the influence that Eugene's had on you. Oh man, uh, he has been a big influence. You know, I. Um, he's looked after me, him, like him and Doug, uh, the owners of City Kickboxing, they have looked after me from the beginning, you know, uh, for me to have this opportunity, uh, the opportunities I've got is because of them for me to be fighting in China, uh, anywhere around the world. Even, even when I w- w- decided to go train, uh, in, uh, America, uh, it was them who helped me financially and got me. Uh, what has got the flights to get there so they are a very big part of my career how, how confident are you about having a very successful MMA career do you think you have what it takes I do I really do um, ever since I started uh, kickboxing I've been growing my confidence you know uh, if you were to ask someone who knew me like before prior kickboxing and now you tell them you remember that guy who's now fighting in the UFC? They will not believe you. It's, it's just hard to believe. Uh, so, yeah, definitely my confidence has been building up. And uh, every every day I wake up and go to train, it keeps building up more and more. Uh, and the support I'm getting from friends, family, and the city kickboxing team, it just makes me more confident. So, yeah, just real stoked. If I was fighting you, I wouldn't know what to expect. And I think that's what a lot of people are waiting to see, what you deliver. Will we see those high knees and will we see the spinning back kick or are you going to be a little more reserved? 
Uh, to be honest, I never, I've never had a plan to do any of those things. All the way, like every type of fight I've done, it's never been like, oh yeah, this is my plan. I'm gonna throw that. It just happens uh, when the moment calls. I will strike. Wow. It reminds me of a movie. You sound like you could be the magic man because we don't know what's coming. <laughs> I think that was Talladega Nights. Sorry about that, pal. Hey, just one final thought. You, you mentioned in this YouTube interview on Izzy's uh, YouTube channel about mum and yep. dad allowing you to follow your dream. We, we, have, uh, you, yes. have you spoken to them about the UFC? Yes. Uh, I mean, uh, they have been uh, real supportive, you know. Um yeah, I, I I sent them that video clip uh, which is on YouTube yeah. and yeah, um, yeah, it's just one of those things like they never expected me like it was never planned like oh yeah you're gonna be in a, That's a right. pro athlete or nothing and but here I am now uh, um, I'm like on the biggest world stage in combat sport uh, they they just they're very proud and, my, and if my 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 dad is always just like you know what. You being there, uh, I'm happy for you. But whatever you do, just make sure you come out safely. So my my family, they they want they they want me to be safe and all. Well, Blood Diamond, yeah. we are genuinely genuinely excited about your debut on UFC one at uh, two seventy one. Yeah. Go get him, buddy. Uh, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. No, we appreciate your time, mate. Blood Diamond, keep an eye on him. He, I think he's the first fight up on the card against Orion Kosk. USC 271, of course, the headline act. Adesanya versus Whitaker too. So much to look forward to. Summer days on SENZ. It's Kiwi for sport. Heading towards lunchtime, if midday is lunchtime for you, for me it's normally, it is actually, because I do this whole fasting thing, right? You know, so I've, you know, I don't eat till after midday, but for some reason I haven't been bringing anything in since doing this shift, so I don't eat till about three, which is crazy. But it, but it, it does work. Can I just say it does work? Yeah, I've done it before. You can only what eat between twelve and eight. Is uh, that what pretty, you do? Yes, co- yeah. completely, and it yep. does work. It ha- it happens really quickly. Like you lose maybe two or three kegs, and then it stops. For some reason, I think that could do with lack of exercise, of which I'm now back into, and the exercise is, is, is a critical part of it. Okay, enough about me and John and our dietary habits. Coming your way after midday, Grayson Wicky, shooter for the Silver Ferns, with their quad series starting this weekend against Australia. First up, live at 5:15 on Sunday morning on Sky Sport, and Danny Green, the Green Machine, on SBW and Barry Hall. All coming your way after midday on SENZ Summer Days. Summer days on SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Thing. The ice is coming, the sun's zooming in Meltdown, it's 
expected The wheat is going there Engines stuck on it But I have no fear Cause London is drowning Imitation zone Forget it brother You can go in alone London calling To the zombies of death Quit holding out And draw another breath London calling And I don't want to shout But while we were talking I saw you nodding out London calling See we ain't got no hide Except for that one With the yellowy eyes The sun's zooming in Engine's stuck on it The wheat is going to A nuclear error But I have no fear Cause London is drowning I live by the river SENZ Summer Days at 12.05 on a Friday with Stephen McIver and London is calling the Silver Ferns for the International Quad Series which starts Sunday morning live on Sky Sport at 5.15am when they take on the old rivals Australia and joining us now from London is Silver Ferns shooter Grayson Wicky. Grace, thanks for spending some time with us. I mean, is this your first time in London? Yes, it is my first time in the UK, yeah. But you're locked down. You can't really get out and have a look. Yeah, so we can't do anything outside of go for walks and go to training so we've been loving the walks and really relishing any sort of we've been to phone booths and seen a bit of the shot and stuff but any opportunity to get out and about we'll take it yeah did you say you've been to phone booths yeah we saw a red phone booth and we were all freaking out and so like that's been our biggest like london type experience which is pretty sad considering we're in such an awesome city but yeah oh that's made my day that's made my day that's that one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what did you see in London? I saw a phone booth. Hey, um, how, yeah. how have your preparations been so far? Yeah, it's actually been going really well. Um, the vibe in the camp is really good and the trainings have been really um, successful, like bringing out lots of good stuff to work on. So I feel like um, individually but also as a collective, I feel like we're tracking along quite well and that's going to be in good shape getting into that first game. And you you are more than anyone will understand. It's, it's a young shooting group yourself tiana filda yeah. maya maya gosh she's only 24 i mean how yeah. has how has that unit been getting together yeah um all of us shooters get along really well obviously there's connections there with me and filda um and i've been able to grow my connection with maya and tiana over the last couple of campaigns and so yeah we've started to connect more as well throughout this camp um and the combos that we've seen so far have been really fun to play out so it's good fun. Being such a young group, and when we talk young, I'm talking about the number of caps combined, does it add just a little bit yeah. of pressure knowing who you're coming up against? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I was talking to Soda just earlier, and I was saying like we're literally playing Australia, like Arch Nemesis, like all the history of the rivalry and whatnot, and to have, I've got one cap, and to just the excitement as the opportunity to, you know, get out there with this, I guess you could say, lack of experience, but... I guess, like an eagerness and like a freshness to bring out to court is like really cool. And I think it's definitely different, but also very exciting. How important is history to Dame Nolene? How important is history to yeah, Nolene? How important um, of reminding you of what there is between two nations? Yeah, we definitely have covered um, not so much about Australia and the history of that rivalry, but more just like our values as a team and the history of the Ferns itself and being pure as part of our team values, and I think that's been a bit that's been driven quite hard um, by Noel the past couple of campaigns. 
just let the new players like like myself really understand what the team has done, like coming off that World Cup and how we're tracking into the future and what like the values of our team and what we stand for. And I guess that links into that history piece, obviously, Australia and the way that we've played against them and them being our neighbours and that relationship. And so, yeah, I think it's a big part of um, the way we'll play them and our relationship overall. I get a real confidence vibe just listening to you that uh, it doesn't matter how many caps you've got, uh, look out because here we come. Yeah, for sure. I think I don't really worry that I don't have that many caps. I think it's exciting for the opportunity to get out there and um, get on court and just play hard. And mm. hopefully, like, if you keep playing well, you get more you get more time on court, you get those caps that we're speaking of. But I think it's exciting that I've gotten to this point and I am still fresh in the environment and I can make my mark and get the opportunity to play well out there. Grace, you shot 89.6% in the ANZ Championship last year. The incre- Very cool accuracy. What is your mentality towards shooting? Do you beat yourself up when you miss one? I have learnt not to. I used to be like that and at times, like, as a shooter, because I tend to, as a shooter, I focus on my percentage so heavily. When I do miss, it kind of does throw me off. But I've gotten to a place where if I, I know if I do my process, and take my time on that shot, it's going in and I can back myself. And so when I feel on, like, I'm fine. But I've learned to not back myself up about this shot. So do you, do you compartmentalise shooting when you when you look back at, at video and go, okay, this is where I was? Do you, do you look at the little one percenters? Yeah, for sure. We've definitely done a lot of work on my shot and the whole step and looking back at other games and how I've shot in the past. And we've, we've definitely figured out, like, the, I guess, key to success or the root of how to get that shot to go in every time. And it's just during that same process, those little things, every shot that, that keeps that um, routine the same and that's what helps um, in the long run. What did you learn from your debut against England last year? Oh, a lot. There was a lot to take away from that game. Um, I think I learned the most just about expectations, especially in this environment. It's a lot different to... Um, franchise level when I think I put a lot of pressure on myself going to that game and I guess I didn't really live up to the expectations that I had and so I just learnt to I've learnt from that game to just take the pressure off as much as you can given the circumstances. Take the pressure off and just focus on the keys for that game and your goals or what your role is and let all the outside noise um, take care of itself um, and that helps to just you know have clarity going into um, what you're doing but yeah less, more focus on what your role is and less focus about the rest of it, I guess. What were your expectations going into that test? Going to my debut, yeah. um, I, I had just watched um, Tiana debut the night before, and it was just like a fairy tale, I guess. Like she played so well, we won the game. She came on and she did such a good job, and I thought, oh, I'm so excited to get that chance tomorrow to, you know, debut hopefully and play well and win the game, win the series. And that's just not the way that it happened for me and for the team. And so I guess I just had this expectation of what it would be like and it just wasn't that. But it, yeah, it definitely was like a huge learning experience. And just cool to have picked that off and be like, okay, the debut happened. It wasn't all that you had hoped for it to be, but that's okay and you will get a second chance. And so, yeah, I guess that second chance is coming up later this week, hopefully a chance to... Um, you know, get back heart back into the country and prove myself. It's interesting how you look at it, Grace, because I was talking to a tennis coach, the new Davis Cup captain, Kelly Evenden, the other day, and he says, you've got to lose to learn. Yeah, that's massive. I agree. Yeah, definitely. There's, there was so much learning in 
that loss and that whole experience. And I think that kind of helped me going forward, especially um, playing in this environment and the way of the culture and the performance culture and how intense it is. Definitely that loss has helped and I guess given me more, more of a backbone, I guess, to deal with the highs and lows. You're still only 19. I've got that correct, right? Yeah, twenty in February. Just a quick, just a, <laughs> just a quick reminder. Do you feel like the young kid on the block? Yeah, at times I do. I kind of bring it upon myself. You can sometimes you can see the age, and I know that. But I think it's I think it's cool. I think it's a point of difference. Um, yeah, me and Tiana kind of band together as a young and to kind of cause a little bit of trouble, or you know, um, <laughs> always kind of always kind of just within the bounds of. Um, yeah, doing the naughty things, but yeah, I think it's nice to have some young people to um, keep the dynamic interesting. <laughs> what's what's the what's naughty in a netballer's term? What are the naughty things you can tell me that oh, you, you guys get up to? <laughs> just you know the admin things. Uh, oh, hard to say. But just feel, just yeah, you can always find me and Tiana giggling in the corner about something. Couldn't tell you what, but. Yeah, always got something to laugh about. I want to know the the influence of Dame Nolene Tauru on you because what we when we listen to her, we get the sense she's incredibly mm. demanding. The way the way she leads and the way she is as a person and a coach, you just want to you just want to do those things for her. You just want to perform and um, execute and do all these things, obviously for your teammates and for um, you know to better your game. But the way she is as a person and the environment she creates, it's this idea of like really wanting to, to meet those standards that she's set because she is such a well-respected and experienced and um, coach that you just know that these are the things you have to do and know to set it so they're going to do it. One final thought, Grace. What's it like having babies on tour? I love it. I'm loving the babies. I love kids. So it's been so much fun having Tama and Miller around. Or we can always hear someone crying down the hallway or at, at mealtimes. You know, everyone gets a turn to feed them. They're just so much fun. Um, I... I'm really enjoying it, and I hope they come on more tours. It's been awesome. Well, it's been awesome having a chat here. The best of luck this weekend. Thanks very much. Thank you for having me. Grace and Wiki. How cool is she? Just another example of, i got to say, and I think this is what my theme of my uh, Jack Links Makes You Think will be, this uh, about women's sport and what we are getting from our women athletes when we talk to them. I'm going to, I think I'm going to focus on that in Jack Link's What Makes You Think. What's Make You Think. It Makes You Think Anyway. You'll deliver it well, Stephen. <laughs> You'll deliver it well. You have all week, so I'm yeah. looking forward to this one as well. Just um, how honest she was about her debut. I love that part of that interview. The uh, expectation of watching yeah. her mate, Tiana, do the night before yeah. going, well, I can do that. And when I think Because she nailed it. Like, And I remember like that first test against England, Tiana Maturo, absolutely nailed it, and a star was born, right? Like she was on everywhere. She was being interviewed afterwards the next morning, and Grace would have seen that and gone, that's going to be me. That's going to be me, and yeah. it didn't end up like that. She she didn't have a shocker, but it, was, it wasn't a great debut. She missed a lot of shots early on, and that shook her, I think. She talked about um, not beating herself up so much when she misses shots. Well, when you shoot 9 out of 10 every time and you miss your first 2 or 3, you could see it shook, it, it shook her, and she's facing up to it. And I think that's quite mature for a 19-year-old to be oh, like, okay, that didn't work out, but I, I can move on and I can learn from that. Incredibly mature, but also incredibly thoughtful about how she looks at things. 
and also understanding in the back of their mind, and they'll, they'll never say a negative about the coach. They're, they're always very delicate when you're tiptoeing around that one. But, and honestly, the, the demands, and we have we spoke to Dame Nolan this week, the demands that Dame Nolan Todua puts on her charges are huge because she she is – she wants excellence, yep. and they understand that, and they talk about this whole pure, pure philosophy, yep. the pure philosophy, but it's working. Yep, it seemed well. It seems to be working. They've, you know, they, their their results haven't been stellar in the last year or so, and they've had not a lot of uh, netball as well. But I just the attitude, the ability to be re- the realness that we are getting yep. out of our female athletes at the moment is amazing. Uh, she, by the way, is one of the emerging talent nominees uh, for the Halleberg Awards on February 23, live on Sky. Uh, she would be a strong contender to win the emerging talent uh, award. There is Connor Bell, the discus thrower, the 20-year-old discus thrower. He is uh, nominated there as well, buddy boy. Uh, he's actually the current national champion at 20. At 20 years at old. D- discus, yeah. He was the Youth Olympic gold medalist in 2018. Yeah, that was the name on the list that I didn't know a lot about. So that's yeah. not a bad little CV there. Handy. And I think the fact that he's now the national champion, discus champion, you know, goes a long way. Then you've got Erica Fairweather, who had a disappointing uh, Tokyo campaign, but she did break the 400 metres national record yep. that had been held for such since that's 2012. Uh, 402.28, she did in the pool, only finished fourth in a heat, um, didn't go any further, but that the, the whole campaign for the swimmers, having watched it and done the, the games on Sky, was a huge learning curve, an enormous learning curve for us swimmers, and there was genuine disappointment knowing that they you could break a New Zealand record and you couldn't make a final, Yeah, because we know how tough finals are to make in swimming, and, the, and they're brutal. It is brutal, and, no, and there are there are many sports like that where here today go, rowing is the other one. You know, here today, gone the, tomorrow. The margins in swimming are so small, so small. Like yeah, half a second is everything in swimming. You know, made a tenth of a second. Yeah. everything. It's it's like a, a, a fingertip. I was going to yeah. say a toenail, but that maybe that would be backstroke. No, you still got to use your fingertips. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There. yeah. Who else is in cool the uh, Wakashima? Oh, remember we cool spoke. Wakushima. Remember we talked to Cool Wakashima, yeah. the snowboarder. She, of course, is currently touring around Europe with uh, the likes of Zoe and Nico and 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 the likes, trying to qualify for Beijing. Yeah, she's the same discipline as Zoe, isn't she? The slope style and slope the style big and air. the big air. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. very shy. Very, very shy. Japanese-born mum and dad come out What a name, though. Oh, well. How can you be shy with that name? Cool Wakushima. And because to think, of course, cool, you're in this, you're, you're a winter sports. It's cold, but you're cool. Uh, cool <laughs> So it's cool Wakushima. Oh, and that, oh, oh and one other, Marco Staminic, the uh, young, young footballer who made his Olympic debut in Tokyo and also his senior debut against Curaçao in October and then went on to earn three caps. So man, there's some talent there. But we are blessed with talent. It's how they it's how they go forward. You get the you get the feeling, right? And we always play the with the underdogs game. But you get the feeling with the right coaching staff in place in this country in many, many areas, our athletes are going to succeed more and more often. You listen to Grace about how where the mindset is. You listen to Gordon Walker, who we spoke to yesterday, the coach of Dame Lisa Carrington, and the way he thinks. And you go, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, no wonder there's New Zealand coaches and athletes all around the world playing their trade. 
Look, the late Jan Cameron, who used to be the New Zealand swim coach. Yep, loved her. Uh, loved interviewing her. She, she was uh, my, my boss, my former boss's uh, wife, late, now late wife, Kevin. I remember having a conversation to, with her once about coach. What makes the difference for – we were talking swimming at the time – what is going to make the difference for New Zealand to succeed at an international level? And she was quite quite emphatic about this, and I think I asked the same question of Gordon yesterday. It's coaches. You've got to have the right coaches, admittedly. But as you say, we've got coaches all around the world now doing great things. If we can get them back home, and, and, different, and many sports, uh, the old cliche, the world is their oyster, because you are seeing with great coaching and patience – uh, anything can be done. So, yeah, pretty cool. 12.20. This is SENZ Summer Days. If you've got some thoughts on the Silver Ferns, feel free to call me on 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. Kiwi for Sport. CNZ Summer Days, it's 12.28 with Stephen McIver, Brian and Jono, Jono, Jono Day, Jono, Johnny, 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 JD, JD, do you hate Jono, do you hate Jono, I hate Steve, Steve-o, do you hate Jono? Um, Jono, I don't get Jono very often, okay, it's mate. just more of a, oh, that's that's a strange one. What's <laughs> yeah. your name, yeah. it's not strange, what were my parents doing with my me? My nickname is John Day though, everyone just calls me John Day, it's, it's like the full name, your name. it's my nickname, your nickname. it's weird. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, just a reminder, 12.30, not too far away, Danny Green, the Green Machine, uh, talking to us about SBW and Barry Hall. But right now... There are TAB promotions today, Stephen, as there is every day, thanks to our mates at the TAB. Uh, when it comes to racing, um, horse racing that is, you place a fixed odds win bet on selected races. If your runner finishes second, third or fourth... 
they'll give you your money back up to 50 bucks as a bonus bet. So that's it. Tauranga today at two past one. Race one, the Ray White Mount Monganui Juvenile. And 137, race two, the Ray White Bayfair Antipuki Handicap. So chuck your money on a horse, and if it comes second, third, or fourth, and you've got it to win, they'll give you a bonus back bet at 50 bucks or less. And in sport, uh, the Big Bash. Adelaide Strikers and Perth Scorchers at 12.40, same thing. Uh, place a pre-match team top run score a bet through your TRB account on a selected cricket match, and if your player is the second or third highest run scorer on the team, they'll refund the bet up to 50 bucks. They love giving away money. So it's BBL, the Adelaide Strikers against Perth, that's at 12.40, so in 10 minutes' time. Super Smash as well. 10 past 3, the same thing applies. The women, the Northern Brave against the Central Hinds, and the fifth Ashes Test. Is that starting today? Apparently oh, it Hobart, is. Hobart, yeah, they're in Hobart, uh, So if you go for top run scorer in the Ashes and they come second or third in the highest, they'll give you your money back up to 50 bucks. And tonight's Super Smash game, the men, the Northern Brave against the Central Stag. So plenty of promotions from the TAB today. And remember, it's R18, so gamble responsibly, tab.co.nz. And thanks for all the texts that are coming in who appreciate listening to all the interviews we are doing with female sportswomen today which I think is uh, really encouraging to hear that you are enjoying the show and listening to our very talented female athletes. It's half past 12. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm good, pal. Uh, you must be pretty excited promoting this fight. Mate, I'm, I'm excited, but excuse me, I'm pretty tired too, mate. It's been a busy couple of days, but it's very, very exciting because we're, you know, we're launching a, a brand new pay-per-view platform here in Australia and, um, and in New Zealand, so... It's um it's it's a it's a bit of a buzz to be honest, mate. I I, I can't believe that um, we've finally got the announcement off. It's been a long time coming. Sonny and Barry have been talking about this. I've been talking with Cody Nasser, who is Sonny Bill's manager, and was Anthony Mundine's manager. Who have had, I've had a very very good relationship, a very strong relationship since she's 2002 when we started talking about the original Mundine fight. So. Men uh, kind of go back a long way, and um, we're both very very pumped about this because. It's a it's it's a it's a genuine fight between two competitive sporting superstars, and it, it has so many elements that's going to make this such an exciting clash. So we're super pumped. Here. Danny, two tall fighters too. It's a, it feels like it's right because it's like for like. It was very interesting yesterday at the at the, um, at the way at the press conference sorry, to announce it. Um, just the the size of like there's got a big security guys there when they did the face off just to. Make sure nothing went down, and there was no, you know, there's no, you know, I guess uh, push and shove because we don't want that. We, we want the boys to, to keep it and, and then hold that that fire, that intent, that animosity for the bell goes. But it was just interesting to see how big the boys were. Like I know them personally; I've stood next to them, been in their presence, and they're both phenomenally striking figures. And then to match these guys up together, both super ultra competitive, do not want to lose. Both have proven themselves in the boxing ring. Um, it's it's a match made in heaven for, for sport lovers, but also for boxing connoisseurs. As I said, it's 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 a classic matchup of two very very successful athletes who have um, you know shown a great deal of respect to the sport of boxing by not being by not being mugs and not, not being fools. Just going, you know what? I love the sport of boxing. I want to excel in the sport as far as I can. I've treated it with respect, and we're here to do our best and, and to try and showcase the sport of boxing. 
but also showcase our talent. So it's a very, very exciting matchup. I spoke just briefly uh, on the phone, not an interview with Coda Nest this morning, and he and he said Sonny Bill's already on his way to England to work out in the Tyson Fury camp. How much of an edge do you think that might give him? Look, that, that displays Sonny's mindset. He's a true pro. He's going over to, to be in the camp with Tyson Fury. He was undoubtedly, the, I think, the, the pound for pound top three best fighters um, that we've got going today. He's just such a phenomenal figure. So to get that invitation and have that opportunity for Sonny is something that is, that is, that is magic, and I'm sure he's going to make the most of it. Just the attitude of Tyson Fury and a lot of the other fighters that are going to be in camp with Sonny around the same time, that's going to have a massive um, impact on him, I think, and, and, and they're going to allow him to just see how the, the best go about their business because that's what Sonny's about. He's all about making the most of opportunities and trying to get the best out of everything to try and make himself the best he can be. He's a, he's a true professional and um, just proves it again. And so, look, you know, Barry's, 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 not, Barry's not that fussed about what Sonny does himself. He's only worried about what Barry does. And Barry's a very, very good fighter. He's, I mean, he's got an incredible amateur pedigree, more um, say incredible pedigree. He's been boxing for a very long time, since he was 15, 16. He was an amateur champion in Victoria. Um, you know, then he took up, he was into full contact training. So being around contact sport and then went into AFL and had an illustrious career. So he's been around the game for a long time, but he's never, ever stopped boxing. So although Barry's only had the one professional fight and 11 amateur fights, he's boxed his whole life since he was 11, 12 years old. So he's not new to the sport, so this is a big, big thing. Te- technically, who do you rate the better boxer? You know that Sonny Bill, and I don't like using this word, but he is a bit of a freak of nature physically because he can turn his hand to a lot of things. But when I look at Barry Hall, I'm not sure what sort of boxer I see. What do you see? It's a tough one. Sonny's very, very skillful. He, he, he's all about technique. He's a very, very big, powerful, strong man as well. Make no mistake, he's got a lot of power. Um, he's explosive. Um, you know, he's lit up the sporting fields wherever he's going around the globe. And um, but Barry's Barry's physicality. He's a very, very big, strong man. Um, he looks like he's you know he'd be too slow and, and a bit cumbersome because of his he's got so much muscle and that's been you know, been building that since he was a kid. And he's retained it because he trains so hard. He's a pro, but his boxing skill is very, very good. His speed, his hand-eye coordination, his power. His evasiveness, but his boxing his boxing skill, his, his boxing IQ, that's called, Steve, is pretty sound. So I think I, I'll probably give Barry the edge in boxing skill and boxing ability over Sonny. Wow. Okay. That, that's interesting because uh, Barry came out of it, which I found was quite amusing. He said, Muscles don't win fights, Sonny. Yeah, well, you know, I think Sonny's in better condition physically. He's a bit younger. He's in the prime of his life. You know, he looks. The guy's a pro. He lives, eats and beats, you know, his life, um, you know, as being a professional athlete. So he doesn't even start on his diet where he would be meticulous. So he looks in incredible physical condition, and he is. But I just think that Barry's boxing uh, ability and his boxing skill is probably just a, a little bit better than, than Sonny's. But in saying that, I, I haven't seen Sonny, um, you know, I haven't seen Sonny as much as I've seen Barry. Obviously, I'll promote Barry. I've known Barry, you know, personally for a very long time. I've seen him box. I've been in the ring with him. I've sparred with him. So I know what he's doing. Like, I just think that it's just a touch better than what people are giving him credit for. Who's who? Are you training Barry? No, I'm not training Barry. No, I'm 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 a promoter.
promote, I'm promoting, I'm, I'm Barry's promoter and, and COVID's savings promoter and we're, we're co-promoting everything. Um, but as far as I, I look after Barry and then his interests in, in, as a professional fighter, but I don't train him. Um, but I, I don't know, man. It's it's a very very exciting matchup. That's what um, you know, I know. This isn't Mike Tyson versus Van Holyfield. Everyone knows that. But this is a genuine matchup of two guys who are in there for the right reasons. They want to fight. They want to win. They want to. They don't want to leave it to the judges. They want to knock each other out. They want to make the most, the biggest statement they can. So it's it's very exciting because these guys have proven themselves on the field um, in sport in very very tough high high energy full contact sports as far as league and AFL and union go. So they're very, very brutal sports at times. These boys have walked the walk, they've talked the talk and they've come out the other end very successful. So it comes to this fight, man, it's a, it's a match made in heaven for people who want to see real competition. Yeah, and I think you wouldn't be doing this if there wasn't an appetite on pay-per-view. No. No, and, and Stan, um, Stan and Ben have, have brought this to us and gone, let's do this and we're like, you know what, let's, let's Let's do something that's pioneering in sport. Let's, let's, let's introduce, let's inject a brand new pay-per-view option into the market. And um, it's, it's, been, uh, it's, it's been received very, very well. These guys know what they're doing. They're, they're in, in millions of homes around you know, the country and, and across New Zealand as well. They're everywhere. So they've been doing this a long time, streaming sport into homes around, around the nation. Um, and they're very pumped about the idea. And I guess to have such an impacting fight as far as drawing people's attention... You know, we haven't just plucked two superstar footballers or AFL NRL guys or ARL guys out by like let's fight each other. These guys have made their intention to be professional fighters very, very clear for a long time. And they have proven themselves in the ring. Barry, although he, he drew with Paul Gallen, I actually still and many other boxing connoisseurs and, 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 and experts and pundits believe that Barry won the fight. He landed more shots. He landed the harder shots. He landed the more impacting, damaging blows. And there was consistent throughout the fight. Although Paul Gallon threw more punches and was more rugged, not many of these shots landed anywhere near as clean as Barry. So I think I feel that Barry has come off um, uh, into a professional debut, met a guy who was nine and zero. Although it was a draw, I think he won. He was a nine and zero fighter up against, and he's in against uh, Sunny Bill in his second fight, who's also more experienced in the professional ring. So um, you know, Barry's Barry's taken a big big step up here as far as um, the, the experience goes of his opponent. But I think everyone's going to get a surprise with just how skillful Barry Hall is. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Danny Green, thanks so much for your time. And uh, thanks for uh, talking to us before breakfast time, your time. Uh, no worries. And to all my friends out there, a big hello. I miss you guys. and hope everyone's well throughout this crazy period of COVID. Yeah, appreciate it, buddy. Danny Green live from Perth this morning, just uh, gone half past seven in the morning. So there you go. Can't wait for this one, man. March 23, Turf Wars, SBW 8-0 against Barry Hall. Two big men pounding each other in the square office. Uh, as John's just said, how long do we think SPW's boxing career would last without meteor oxygen? One day? Nah, 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 nah. You're, you're way off target there, pal. Way off target. 12.43. Summer days on SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport.
12.49, this is SNZ Summer Days. That bit, by the way, was a request given. We got someone, could you play? Pat Benatar, hit me with your best shot. But it also makes a lot of sense about what I'm going to talk about in Jack Link's Makes You Think about our female sports people giving us their best shot. Jack Link's Makes You Think. Irresistible flavour to satisfy your hunger. Yes, Jack Link's makes you think thanks to the all-new maple and brown sugar ham jerky. And what am I thinking about today? Women's sport on the back of a text I got from Chris today. It just seems to be more top of mind in recent times than before. Why? Well, I think the answer is quite simple. Top of mind has been the Black Fern Sevens. They deliver, they train, they can play, they're entertaining. But for you at home, when it matters, they can talk. They'll give you a story. They won't give you a manufactured answer. Our female athletes think they're not pre-programmed. The classic one of the Olympics, you know it, Ruby Tui. After an average game by the Blackfin Sevens, she suggests there wasn't enough hand sanitizer to clean up the muck that they had produced on the field. And then you get the likes of Dame Sophie Pascoe and Dame Lisa Carrington. You can ask them any question. They'll always give you a well-thought-out answer, and you know they are deliberately not trying to give a similar answer to what they've done before. Importantly, they do give you the impression they're actually enjoying talking to you because they understand the key. They're there also to promote their sport, but they are also genuine. This afternoon, we spoke to a 19-year-old silver fern netballer, Grayson Wicky. That's right, 19 years old. She was so measured, honest about what she'd been on court and where she was going. Open about making mistakes and getting better. Open about how cool it was to be in London. And the biggest thing they'd seen? Red London telephone boxes. Nothing is off limits. It's called being real, isn't it? Anna Grimaldi today, talking about being a para-Olympian, para-athlete. If you didn't know, you wouldn't know she was a para-athlete. A life changed from birth, but no problem. Don't worry. Don't feel sorry for me. Just get on with life and laugh. Lots of laughter. What we are seeing more and more often from New Zealand female sport is a refreshing openness that we don't see enough from our male athletes. Some sports get it. Motorsports. Motorsport men get it. And women. They know how to talk because they need sponsorship the day they hop on a go-kart at four or five years old. So they've got to talk to people. They've got to learn to talk to sponsors. So what you get is a lot more interaction from the motorsport fraternity. But that's one out of the box. This is a plea to New Zealand men in sport. Do not be afraid to show who you are. Scott Curry held back tears, but you could see them after they didn't succeed at the Olympics, the men's sevens. He had tears. No shame, just human. It's not hard. And that was Jack Link's Makes You Think. Thanks to the all-new ham jerky with hickory smoke and a dash of maple and brown sugar. They've gone the whole hog. Yeah, and and Caroline sort of disagrees with me. She goes, I think most men interview equally as well as women. The interview with Danny Green was really good. Why, thank you. Also, David Nika interviewed maybe late last year. Well, thank you. He was awesome. And same with Peter Wright talking to the Rick Dog last night. He sounded like such a lovely guy. I don't follow darts, but I'll follow him now. Yeah, there are, are, but here's the thing. You've got one Kiwi, two internationals that know how to talk, right? And if, from a pure interviewer's perspective, an interview can be so much better if the interviewer 
person being interviewed wants to give. They have got to want to give. We have got to teach our athletes, our sports people, to want to give and not be afraid to give. Summer days on SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Heading towards 1 o'clock, John McNeil has the latest in news, sport and weather coming your way at 1 o'clock. A little text in here. John's got, a, I think, a bit of a, a, a bee in his bonnet about Sonny Bill Williams. He goes, Stephen McIver. Oh, I love this bit. Uh, legend. Thank you. I'll take that one. Was that a typo? No, I don't think. Well, it could have been, yeah. So he said 24 to 36 months Korean boxing. So what's the pinnacle he's going to reach? Uh, oh, well, if all these whisperers want to give him money to watch fights against non-top 100 fighters, let me guess, he'll be fighting YouTubers? Hashtag addicted to headlines. John, I'm going to disagree with you. I am completely going to disagree with you. I think Sonny Bill Williams is gen- genuinely respects the square office. Yes, he can make a lot of money, mate. And so don't don't be niggly about him wanting to make money to you know finish his life off and set himself up comfortably. He's made plenty. That's all good. He genuinely loves boxing and genuinely shows respect to the fight game. Because I tell you what, having been in there and been beaten up, it's a tough place to be. It's mano o mano, regardless of what you're doing. And I have respect for anyone that hops in the ring, regardless of who they are. Coming shortly, MJ Hurley. Looking forward to this one. We're going to talk NFL. And we'll replay the Sean Johnson interview. Sean Johnson interview at your request. Summer days on SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Radio is SENZ Summer Days with Stephen McIver Head or 2 0800 150 at 4 minutes past 1. It's time to talk wildcard playoff weekend in the NFL because there's going to be a lot of dancing going on. A lot of dancing to see who goes through to the next stage. We're joined by MJ Hurley for the host of Third Down Thursday from the LA Rams, also writes for Sports Illustrated. And when you write for Sports Illustrated, you got to know and got to be good at what you're doing. Hey, MJ. Hey, guys, how we doing? Yeah, no, we are really, really good. Uh, thanks for joining us because uh, genuinely in this part of the world, we are really excited about what we have seen so far in this season of NFL, 18 weeks long. But, man, how open is this competition before we start breaking down Wild Card Weekend? It is very open. And honestly, a lot of people I know, including myself before the year, were a little hesitant, like you said, about the 18-week season. Um, adding another week, there were some injuries. We weren't really sure. Taking away a week of the preseason. Um, I know another team I do a lot for is the Packers. They got slammed in week one uh, with a shorter preseason. So there was a lot of uncertainty about a longer year, what that would look like. But, I mean, the, the chaos and the uncertainty going down to the last game 
that Chargers Raiders game on Sunday night where the entire, at least the entire United States, I don't know about you guys, but the entire United States was rooting for a tie just for more chaos. So we, the, the 18 weeks of the NFL absolutely went well. Uh, it's wide open. Obviously, you've got some favorites, our traditional favorites, Packers, Chiefs, Bucks uh, are probably the top three right now. But honestly, it, it depends on how it goes. It, it really still is anyone's game. Yeah, well, you talk about writing for the Packers and covering the Pack as well. This is an interesting one because I don't know about you, but I don't think anyone thought they'd be back in the hunt for a while without Brady. But Matt Jones comes along and, and is turning it on this year. But is that Bill Belichick magic or a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both, but I do think it's very telling that with a rookie quarterback, um, granted Mac Jones was very highly regarded. He came from Alabama uh, where Nick Saban has a very good relationship with Bill Belichick. So no surprise there Um, with with that connection. Bill Belichick takes a lot of Alabama guys. Um, But anytime you take a rookie quarterback to the playoffs, and have as good of a record as the Patriots have, that's going to be uh, something that looks very good on the coach. Are they going to make a run this year? I don't think so. It's really hard to make a run in the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. There's just It's an entirely different game in the playoffs, and having playoff experience is exponentially more important, um, and being a veteran in the, in the playoffs is even more important than during the 18 weeks. So do, do th- I think the Patriots, they have a chance to win a game, um, but I, I really do think, back to your original question, that does fall a lot on Bill Belichick. Okay, so you think statistically rookie quarterbacks are wasting their time in the, in, in, in the playoffs because Josh Allen has been big for the Bills, haven't they? Hasn't he? Excuse me. Yes, Josh Allen has been incredible. Um, it is going to be a cold weather game in Buffalo. We'll see what happens there. Um, and the last cold weather game, Buffalo and New England played. New England threw the ball three times and won because they just ran the football the entire game. So depending on the weather, who knows, but I still like Buffalo there just by a little bit. You know, the one the one quarterback that's really intrigued me because – you know, he's only the second year in, but he seems to look really comfortable as Joe Burrow at Cincinnati, and they've got the Raiders. Yes, that is, to me, I really wanted it um, to be Joe Burrow against Justin Herbert from L.A. if uh, L.A. were to win that game, that Sunday night game I was talking about. Mm. Um, but but this is a really good Raiders defense. That's kind of what they've they rode the wave of their defense to the playoffs after just a controversial and really tough season. Um, but, yeah, J- Joe Burrow... Coming off an ACL injury, I have to believe it's either him or Dak Prescott for comeback player of the year. And that kid has a has a cannon for an arm. And the connection he has with Jamar Chase, that is going to be, in my opinion, one of the biggest dark horse players for a potential Super Bowl run just because of how dynamic that duo is. Wow. Okay. So you're not you you backing the Bengals against the Raiders. I would, yes. Okay, so you mentioned my cows. I'm a I'm a huge Cowboys fan, right? I've been watching it. Okay, but I, I'm not I'm not so sure. They don't seem to be the complete package. All the pieces are in place, and I think if they are fully fit and have everybody on board, they beat the Niners. But the Niners play quite a well a percentage game with Garoppolo. Yes, and, and I let me put it this way. I watched Mike McCarthy in Green Bay for a long time, and there are two things here. Number one, Mike McCarthy's teams are known for having bad defenses. And number two, Mike McCarthy has struggled historically throughout his entire career against the 49ers. Uh, Whether that be because the 49ers have his number, Mike McCarthy used to be an assistant in San Francisco a long time ago, 
Um, I don't know what it is, but those two things put together, um, like I said, the, the Cowboys' lack of star defense. They have Trevon Diggs, who has, you know, got huge season, huge numbers. season. Yeah, huge season, but he gives up a lot of yards, too. So, I mean, I honestly, I think that'll be a high-scoring game, and that's going to come down to a shootout. Now, because of that, I, I would be inclined to pick Dak Prescott. They're still the favorite, but I would not put it against San Francisco. They're on a hot streak. And again, like I said earlier, that's a team who knows how to win in the playoffs. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys don't have as much playoff success history. There's always time, mate. There's always time. Are the, yes, buck, are the, <laughs> are the Bucks too hot for the Eagles? Uh, yeah, the Eagles, they, they made a nice little run to get into the playoffs. I think they'll give the Bucks a little trouble. It might be close uh, end of the first half, beginning of the third quarter maybe. Um, but even, even the fact that I'm not a big Tom Brady fan, you know, all of his fans drive me a little bit crazy. Why? Why? Why, then, why, why don't you like Brady? Uh, this is this is a, a long discussion. People who know me uh, know not to press this button. But I will, Too late. Pressed it. it. Oh, you, you pressed it. Um, basically, I, I just, in a team sport, you know, you got 22 guys starting in, in a football field on a given day, offense and defense. Then you throw special teams in there. There's so many guys that make an impact. I just think, in my opinion, Brady's gotten a little bit too much credit for his success over the years. Going back to the, the discussion we had earlier, Belichick and Jones in New England, I think Belichick deserves a little bit more credit than he's gotten for the success they had in New England. Not taking anything away from Tom Brady, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, no doubt. Um, but again, even when Brady went to Tampa Bay his first year, absolutely stacked roster. And we've seen him struggle a little bit more this year when injuries started to hurt his offense. So, mm, yeah. Okay. I, so so, so yeah. my counter to that would be briefly, have you seen the Man in the Arena series on ESPN? Because the one key line he has always said was, no one is bigger than the team. Yes. Exactly. Um, so, and that's why, again, I, I will always go back to football is a team sport. Uh, it's not like the NBA. In the NBA, you know, LeBron James can take over a game by himself, and you can you can really prove LeBron went out there and won that game. But you know, Tom Brady doesn't score on his own. He throws the football to somebody else. He makes a good he makes good plays. He makes good checkdowns. Absolutely. Again, one of the greatest of all time, no doubt. One of the most intelligent guys that has ever touched a football field. But maybe gets a little bit too, cre- too much oh, credit. Oh wow! Oh wow! Did he did he turn you down for an interview one day? Is that why you don't like him? He actually blocked me on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> what were you st- were you stalking him? What was the story? I was not stalking him. Um, last year, I'm a Packers fan. I'm a Green Bay fan. Yeah. So last year when they lost, I may have made some videos. Not not anything crazy. But I made some videos kind of expanding on some of the points I've already made. Um, oh, and my goodness. Apparently, Tom Brady, or I'm guessing it wasn't Brady himself. I'm assuming he has a social media team or something like that. I'm assuming somebody on a social media team blocked me because I kept showing up or something. You got blocked know. by Tom Brady. Unbelievable. Yes, I did. That's my claim to fame. Uh, well, no, it doesn't have to be a claim to fame, but it, <laughs> it does make some sense now as towards your attitude towards, towards the GOAT. You know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> unbelievable. Look, the Chiefs had started slow, but they've come good, and, and everybody is picking them to beat the Steelers. Does Big Ben Roethlisberger have anything left in the tank? Does he have a good enough D to make it happen? Let me, let me put it this way. The Steelers are a team that has absolutely nothing to lose. and uh, That makes them dangerous. Teams, 
that does. It, it makes them very dangerous. Mike Tomlin is an incredible coach. Uh, he has not had a losing season ever in his career, and they continue that this year after there's no way they should have. They have Defensive Player of the Year, T.J. Watt. They have, they have the pieces for an upset. Now, if you're a betting man, would I advise you betting against the Chiefs? No, I would not advise that whatsoever. But would it inherently surprise me if, again, a savvy veteran quarterback, an experienced head coach, and a team in Pittsburgh with a very good defense and a lot of playoff experience made it interesting in Kansas City? No. Again, I'm not going to bet that the, that the Steelers win, but I, I think it could get a little bit more interesting than people in Vegas are giving them credit for. Do you think uh, the Chiefs have enough ammunition to get past the Steelers comfortably? Yeah, I think it'll be comfortable. I would predict about a touchdown score. I don't know off the top of my head what the lines in Vegas are, but I'm guessing they're probably double digit. Um, so I wouldn't go that far. I'd go about a touchdown score. It might be one of those games where the Steelers make it close late. Kansas City goes on a nice little drive to seal the deal. Uh, but again, I think Pittsburgh will make it more interesting than people are giving them credit for. All right, final game. I left the Rams to last because you're right for the Rams to Sport Illustrated. Yes. I'm, I, I like, I love the way they play in there. It's Sean McVay, their coach, right? I just, I, yes. I, I love the way they play ball. But, and here's the but, is Matt Stafford the weak link? So, again, I, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. Uh, that's what I've been watching since I was a, a little kid. And Matthew Stafford played in Detroit before he came to L.A. So I am very well acquainted personally and professionally, with Matthew Stafford and the way he plays football. And let me put it this way. A shootout-type game is not the type of game you want to have Matthew Stafford in. And there's two parts to that. Number one, Matthew Stafford is a gunslinger. I would compare him to a slightly less talented Brett Favre, um, former quarterback of the Packers and Vikings, but we don't talk about that. Um, So I would Mm. compare him, again, to a a slightly less talented version of, of Brett Favre. Just multiple times a game, Matthew Stafford is going to make throws that have Sean McVay putting his his hands on his head and saying, what in the world were you doing, Matt? That's just what you're living with in Matthew Stafford. Now, at the beginning of the year, um, they were they were winning a lot of games. They were doing very well. Matthew Stafford was not throwing interceptions. He's thrown multiple interceptions in the last three games, um, two plus in each of those games. So... The, the key to success for L.A. and the key to success for Matthew Stafford is staying within the game plan that Sean McVay has. When they start to just go five wide, just throwing the ball like crazy, not running the football, that's when Matthew Stafford gets in trouble. So to answer your question, if they have to throw the ball a lot, if Matthew Stafford has to make 35-plus throws, they're probably not going to win that football game. Okay. Ky- Kyler Murray, uh, he gets on a roll, then they are in trouble. Yes, Kyler Murray is one of the most dynamic players in the NFL. His numbers didn't look as impressive this year just on paper. Uh, He missed a couple games, had some injuries, a couple games where he wasn't at full strength. But they have one of the best rushing attacks. And so my my matchup to look at is the combination of Kyler Murray and James Conner. Those are their two main runners. James Conner, their starting running back, he has 15 touchdowns. Um, So those two... If you don't, if you let them run the football like that, you let Kyler Murray and James Conner go crazy. I don't care if you have Aaron Donald in the middle of the Rams defensive line. You need to make sure that, again, the same way that Matthew Stafford can't throw the ball too much, 
if you make Kyler Murray beat you with your arm, that's a type of football game that the Rams want to be playing in. Okay, MJ, one thing I don't understand, and they're saying it's a new playoff system, okay? So you, I need you to help yes. me out here. So uh, you've got Tennessee in your pack with Aaron Rodgers, who's just playing out of this world. You know, he looks like a young Aaron Rodgers, right? And, and then yeah. they look super strong. And I know you've got a heavy bias there. But so who <laughs> who? So how does this now work? So uh, what happens? So the Bengals just – can you explain what happens now and who faces who? Yes. Yeah, so the Titans and the Packers have the number one seed. The NFL uh, last year in the playoffs added a seventh playoff seed. So originally uh, what I watched for years and what you watched from years – uh, was six playoff teams in, in the AFC, six teams in the AFC. So it was at the wild card weekend, um, you know, the top two teams had buys. Mm. So three played six, four played five, right. and then they reseed. Now we have, th- that's why they call it super wild card weekend now, because you have double almost the games. Um, so let's say, let's say the favorites win out, right? None of the lower seeds win. And then we've got just got the top four seeds in each conference, which means in the AFC uh, remaining in the divisional round, you would have Tennessee, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. Tennessee gets whoever the lowest seed is. Okay. So let's say Pittsburgh somehow pulls off an upset. They're going to be headed to Tennessee. Um, so it's the same seeding process we've seen in the NFL for years. They just decided, like the NFL always does, they figured out they can make a little bit more money mm-hmm. by uh, you know, adding another game in each conference and then adding another game in the divisional round as well. Okay. Um so, so savings it's, it's is the everything. Same, similar, yeah, it's the same similar process. NFL just want to make a little bit more money, cause a little bit more trouble. Okay. Uh, I know you're gonna pick the pack to go all the way. If it's not the pack, who is it? Oh, uh, in the in the NFC or in general? In general, the whole the whole shooting match, Super Bowl. The whole shooting match, Super Bowl. Honestly, it, so I'll give you no sitting on the fence pick. now. No sitting on the fence. Uh, no sitting on the fence. Okay, if I have to go out there and give you an absolute, and you're you know, given the conversation we had, how much this hurts. But if it's not Green Bay, it's Tampa Bay. It's the Buccaneers. <laughs> you may fall on your sword now. It's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will, and it it hurts me to say. And I I have my live show third down Thursdays in about forty five minutes. And Bruce will come at me. He'll he'll we'll have the same discussion. Um, it, I just think the AFC is so tight and, and so competitive. Whoever's going to come out of there is going to be beaten up. Um, and I, the NFC is just so top heavy. Um, and, and that may be backwards in thinking. Depend when you look at the records, because um, the NFC generally has the better records out of the playoff teams. Um, but I think Tampa Bay and Green Bay probably will cruise to the NFC Championship game and we'll only have one game. So if it's not Green Bay, again, it pains me to say it, but given Tampa Bay's good defense and given Tom Brady's success of winning, whether who should get credit for it, I think uh, they would be my favorites. And you'll have your voodoo doll with pins and Tom Brady all the way. Where can we hear oh, the... Oh, you best believe I will. <laughs> where, can we hear, where can we hear the uh, Third Down Thursday podcast? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MJ Hurley Sports. Um, or you can go to twitch.tv slash third down Thursdays and we are live on there as well. Um, but yeah, go on my Twitter and you'll find all the links to all the stuff I do. Appreciate the time, MJ. Have a lovely day. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me once again. You're more than welcome. 121 here on SNZ. Uh, Summer days, MJ Hurley from host of Third Down Thursday. So now you get it, right? Now you get it. It's all about the seedings. Doesn't like Tom Brady. Blocked by Tom Brady.
<laughs> Summer days on SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. There would be no 80s Friday if there wasn't Rick Astley. It is just written in stone. Never going to give you I got a lot, man. I could tell you some days of me dancing with the big hair and the big shoulder pads in the Rec Hotel in Greymouth when I was a DJ down at Radio Scenic Land in Greymouth. There were some big old days and they had a disco floor like in Saturday Night Fever. I kid you not. They had the square lights going off and... Man, Rick was big, so was my hair. It is uh, 1.28. This is SENZ Summer Days. If you've been sitting under a rock today, uh, it's all official. Chris Wood signed with Newcastle uh, from Burnley. He signed a two-and-a-half-year contract. He should be ready to play this Sunday against Watford. The transfer fee, around 40 to $50 million. That's New Zealand. And if he's got a clause in his contract where he gets a piece of the pie as well, that's a pretty good uh get for him. Also, this is great news ahead of the Beijing Winter Olympics. Uh, She had COVID a couple of weeks back. Uh, She's back into it, though, but Alice Robinson uh, placed second in the first FIS European downhill race, uh, which is a a big deal. I mean, they have a stacked, the the rosters are stacked in these downhill races. I was watching, believe it or not, some ski jumping the other day. They had like 80 competitors. So when you're finishing second on the downhill, uh, and which is the fastest discipline, literally you are on a set of skis, your, your poles are tucked in, you've got your crash helmet on, it's like your sphincter's as tight as anything and you are going, that's what's happening. They are, they are like, they're the Formula One of downhill skiing and that... Did you turn, you turn my mic off, John? Well, you had enough of me already? No, I was coming. Uh, I was going to talk to you in your <laughs> ear um, because I felt like we've been rickrolled. You, you know, the when you got rickrolled by Rick Astley, you used to get. Uh, it was probably about ten years ago, maybe fifteen years ago. You get an email. It would be like very important email. Please open. And you'd be like, oh, okay, it's from someone I trust. So <laughs> click on the link and then it'll just go, boom, Rick Astley, never going to give you up on your screen, full bore. And it'll be called getting Rickrolled. I've never heard of that before. You never got Rickrolled. I've never been Rickrolled. Maybe you should Rickroll me today just so I can have a bit of a laugh. Well, I just feel like you've Rickrolled us. But also, um, <laughs> what, what happens next? What happens oh, next? Part one needs okay. to take place. Well, let's do it now. Do it now before before Johnny fires off into the news. So this is the game, obviously, where we play a little bit of audio, and then you have to guess what happens next and text in double eight double three or call like what happened yesterday, and you've got more chances of Which winning. Which is fantastic, if you call, by the way. And you get fifty bucks from the TAB if you can tell us what happens next. Trailing twelve ten, Langer pushing it wide. Walters onward. Khan joins in. 
floats the pass for Randolph. That's all I'm giving you. I reckon it's a famous that's try I'm in the corner, you. right-hand corner, Lang Park. That's all I'm saying. By the way, nice to take control of the show just like that. Put me in my place. I was going to all sort of Rick Astley over it, and you said, hey, back the truck up, Stephen. There's something to do. We've got things to do. <laughs> so if you think you know, that's good, because you're going to have to wait till after the Sean Johnson interview. Okay, so coming next after news, we're going to play the full interview because we've had hundreds of texts saying we missed it, and we don't really have time sometimes to hop on the, the website to look at the podcast. Can you Please replay the Sean Johnson interview from earlier in the week. And we will do that after News and Sport here on SENZ Summer Days. Sean Johnson, welcome to SENZ Summer Days. Uh, What sort of Sean Johnson are we getting? Uh, 2.0 or 3.0? (laughs) 2.0 or 3.0 well 2.0 I would suspect was the Cronulla Sharks I'm thinking 3.0 might be Warriors go around number 2 okay yeah right well obviously we'll run with 3.0 yeah no I don't know um I guess another way to put it, then you're probably getting an older or wiser Sean Johnson. <laughs> well, it's, it's hard to think. What you're 30 now, right? 30, married, child, the whole nine yards. You're, you're all grown up. Oh, bro, some things have changed, eh, the past few years. So, um, yes, Stephen, I'm all of those things. Well, well, that's exciting for for me and all Warriors fans as well. Can I just ask, Just I want to just quickly take you back. Was it the Warriors or the Dogs? And I heard the Dogs were in the hunt, but... When the Warriors came a calling, were you surprised? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was surprised. Um, like, uh, I, it, uh, the Warriors conversation happened so late, you know, and sort of frustrated me. I think there were some reports actually come out that um, conversation had happened earlier, and the Warriors pretty much said thanks, but no thanks type thing. And that just never happened. So I was dealing with all that stuff, and then. Um, yeah, speaking to you know another club or two, um, getting pretty close to make my decision, and then a conversation with the Warriors actually happens and pops up out of sort of nowhere to me. Um, but I was pretty happy it popped up, man. Like I think, you know, once I sort of had that conversation with the club, uh, the Warriors that is, and um, you know, heard about you know their intentions moving forward um, and what they were trying to create, uh, it was pretty. It was a pretty quick, easy decision for me on where. Um, you know, I wanted to be for the next couple of years. So you basically wanted to come home? Yeah, like, obviously coming home, um, you know, was a big part of it, even though I'm not even home, which is the irony in it all. But yeah. I think the the fact that um, ultimately I sat down and asked myself, like, where like where do I want to win? And uh, winning at, um, no, I mean this respectfully, winning at, um, the other clubs I was sort of um, humming and hoeing about didn't sit as well as it did with me as the thought of winning with the Warriors. So, um, you know, I think you know me well enough, mate, that I'm pretty passionate about the joint and um, my love for the club has never never gone away. So, um, you know, you put all that together and, you know, I'm pretty motivated and pretty determined that, you know, oh, I've made the right decision to come back and I know what it looks like and what I want to do. How different are you? Because I was looking at the amount of footy you've played over the last two years, and you've, you've been you've been buggered by injury. So you must be feeling pretty fresh coming into this season. Yeah, man. The, obviously, the last couple of years. Well, you know, twenty nineteen. Um, yeah, sort of 
was in and out. Um, twenty twenty was going really well. Um, played probably the best footy I'd had. Well, me personally, I feel like the best yeah. footy I'd played in my career until I got hit with, um, you know, my Achilles with I think sort of six, seven or eight rounds to go in the comp. So that was a bit of a, um, you know, a sour end to that year. Um, and then obviously coming back um, last year, didn't do a pre-season, obviously just with my Achilles and um, was sort of chasing my tail for the year. And so once I got going, I felt good, but then, uh, yeah, my hammy went on me. So it's been a bit of a disruptive last few years. Um, I have learned a lot though in saying that, you know, some of the players I was able to sort of um, rub shoulders with daily. Um, and yeah, like I, I think, you know, because of that, um, you're right, man, I do feel fresh. Um, you know, I feel like the young kid again, you know, obviously maybe not quite moving like the young SJ, but <laughs> I definitely feel like I've got a spring of my step being back at the club, being around the boys. You have always had expectations on your shoulders, always been the one that if something's in trouble, look, just give Sean the ball and he'll sort it out. How will, how will that change now after a number of years away? What are, what are your expectations of performance? Oh, yeah, look, obviously um, I expect the, you know, like I've always sort of said, you know, when I was a bit younger, like I, I don't really care what everyone else's expectations of my, you know of myself are it's what it's whether I'm meeting my own expectations of myself and um, you know obviously signing back at the club I knew that there was going to be a bit of pressure with that um, you know even pressure that people want to see I guess the the young Sean Johnson at times and the steps and they remember the flash and the yeah. flair um, but I guess I signed with confidence knowing that I'm comfortable in the player I am now you know and I was Obviously, through age and through injury, um, I've had to adapt my game, you know, a little bit here and there. So, you know, look, I, I, I certainly welcome the pressure, you know, and and I think, um, you know, like I can definitely use that um, to my advantage. Um, but, yeah, certainly, mate, I, I've got my own expectations and I, I've, I'm certainly clear about what sort of player I am and what my best performance looks like. Um, you know, so yeah, it's, that's why I'm so comfortable with it. It's quite a revelation to say you're finally comfortable with the player that you are. Does that suggest that the young yeah. Sean Johnson really wasn't sure of who he was as a player? Yeah, I definitely, um, you know, over the last few years have realised that I was, I feel like I was caught in the middle a lot, you know, from being this halfback that could, you know, control the game and, you know, build pressure and execute a game plan, um, uh, you know, to being the flair and the speed and the injection of pace out the back of plays, you know, when we signed like a Blake Green, um, who, you know, was my last half house partner at the club who just had that real calming influence, mm -hmm. you know, that sort of, he played a bit slower, I played a bit faster, so that sort of changed my role up, and um, where before that I had, you know, a few of the younger halves around me, you know, Chad and um, you know, at times Tui, Utter, like these young kids, um, you know, that I was sort of the dominant figure, um, the, the fellow that had to sort of execute and control. Hmm. So now, um, you know, like on the older boy, I feel like it's pretty clear that, you know, I don't have to, you know, put that pressure on myself to come up with a magical play, um, that I'm more effective and more efficient um, in getting the boys around the park and executing a game plan and, you know, putting those players around me in positions to do what they can do, you know. So that that's where I've sort of grown the last few years. And I, I definitely do think it's probably fair to say that, you know, for the first part of my career, um, you know, I was confused about what sort of player I was or, you know, who I wanted to be. 
you know, do I want to be the player that everyone, you know, was saying, yep, step and all that, or do I want to be the player that half, you know, like the rest of them were saying, he can't control the game or, you know, he needs to take more leadership and, um, you know, execute um, under pressure and all that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, man, feeling pretty good about where I'm at at the moment, that's for sure. I love hearing those words, effective and efficient, because all the good teams are consistent and the word consistent mm. embodies those two words effective and efficient is that something you learnt while you were and and when you when you think about being away do you think in a funny old way it was a godsend to go away and just figure yourself out yeah man yeah like oh i'm definitely a believer in you know things happening for a reason um and you know the mindset you have around attacking you know something that may be out of your control or that was maybe not necessarily in your plan um you know, I, will, I think I said quite a few times throughout my career that I wanted to, you know, be a one-club person and, um, you know, the Warriors was all I knew. So when that time came for change, um, I certainly welcomed it and I certainly just rolled with the punches. Eh? I, I didn't I didn't put any blocks in the way. I just sort of thought, you know what, just go with it this year and see what comes of it. And I was very fortunate to, you know, walk into a side that had, had success and knew what it looked like and, uh, the play with some players that had played at the highest level and won big games, which was probably the biggest thing. You know, like um, they'd won a comp only a few years earlier, the Sharks. So they had a lot of those boys that were sort of around. And um, although they went sort of, you know, through a bit of a change of the guards for the last few years, but um, certainly been able to rub shoulders with, you know, some of those boys over there. Um, yeah, man, like, I think that's what helped clarify like who I am as a player, um, you know, for myself anyway. How much tougher... Is it playing for an Australian club in that environment, even though it seems like you're doing that now with the Warriors? Um, no, I, I didn't. I wouldn't say it's tougher, you know what I mean? Like, I, Are the attitudes different? Like, nah, like, I mean, this, this is the thing I struggle with the most, man. Like, you know, a lot of times you hear different headlines about the Warriors over the years, you know. Um, not fit enough, not mentally strong enough. Um, you know, you, I, yeah. I do remember probably yes, hearing do. them or writing them yourself. I'm not too sure. Yeah, no, I understand what you <laughs> but, say. Yeah, but like, uh, like going over there, I, it, nothing stood out to me that these guys do this different, and this is why the Warriors haven't been successful. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I've did three preseasons at the Sharks, and not one of them were tougher than any of the ones I've ever done at the Warriors. So, to me, fitness wasn't an issue. Um, yeah, like, there was nothing that stood out to me. The only thing that stood out to me was they had players that had runs on the board in yeah. big games. Yeah. You know, that would probably be the only thing. And obviously that counts, that matters. Um, any club, you know, any successful club has those players. So apart from that, there was nothing that stood out to me that, oh my God, it's so clear to me now why we haven't had success, you know, which which I found interesting because, yeah, I did sort of, expect to see something maybe or you know expect to feel something but um man i'll say bro being back at the warriors now um the attitude um you know the, the professionalism around training um you know the trip like our coaching staff like everything tick, ticks boxes for me there's not one area there that i'm going yeah they're leaving you know a stone unturned here that's going to come back and bite us in the ass like we're 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 training at a high level and you know, as far as pre-seasons go, you know, I won't say it's better than, say, what the Sharks are doing, but I definitely won't say it's 
you know, worse. You know, like I, I think we're certainly on the right track here. When you look at the talent in the Warriors side now, how excited are you? Yeah, yeah, man. Obviously a big reason why, again, I wanted to come back and be a part of it. Um, you know, like I said, there's, yeah, there's just so many things, bro, that, you know, like excite me about. And, and I remember when the opportunity came back to return, it was like, yeah, like I want to be able to mix and mingle with these kids that are going to go on and to be something special, you know, the, the roster, the youth. Um, between you and me, I don't know if you know Stephen, but I'm the oldest in the squad. Oh and no! Oh, bring out the bring out the Zimmer frame now. Yeah, like think about that, though. Like that blows my mind. Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? And yeah. do I think I can offer something to these to these kids? And I do. I, I really do. And that's a part of me wanting to come back. You know what I mean? Like I want to pass on some experiences that I've experienced and the journey and the pressures I've felt. You know, to maybe what some of these boys are going to go through in the near future. So. It's it's really refreshing, um, you know. A lot of them tell share stories with me about memories they have of me playing over the years, and we joke about it, and we laugh about it. But it, it's quite surreal for me to hear that some of these kids were bloody. One of them was seven years old when I was playing in the grand final, and I'm like, what? Where did that time go? You're only. So I got told, we're, we're having small conversations yesterday morning, and I realised that I'm in my twelfth preseason. I'm like twelve. I'm like. Bro, what the what is killing? You know, like and here's so, and, and here's the crazy thing, Sean. You're only thirty. You're only thirty. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thirty one. I'm thirty one. I'm thirty two at the end of this okay, year. Okay, right. So I apologise. Yeah, like I, I like, but do I feel that? I actually don't. I don't feel that. So you can imagine me holding on to my youth, hearing about stories about these kids where. They were bloody watching me play this game and talking about memories. They go, I'm talking about playing, and then they'll go, "Bro, was that that game when you did this?" And I'm like, "Man, like, you're how I was to bloody Lance Ohio when I came through, and Steve Price and Michael Luck, and you know what I mean? It's, it's full circle moments, bro. So it is. It's quite surreal to rub shoulders with these young fellas, and I'm loving every moment of it. Man. Mate, you sound like you're in a really, really good space. Yeah, like, um, you know, I definitely. Um, I'm definitely happy, man. Like I, you know, and I, I, I want to be happy. I, 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 the current climate has obviously yeah, it's tough. Um, made it difficult for me in a family sense, not being able to be with my girls and having to watch my daughter grow up through FaceTime. So there's some sacrifices there that, as a family, we've made to make this happen. Um, so the, to me, the picture isn't complete, but I think, um, like I said earlier, man, like I am one just a just roll with the punches and just try and make the most out of each situation, you know, and not not dwell on what you don't have and sort of look at what you do have. So very fortunate that I can be back at the club and, um, yeah, man, get to go to work with some, some really good really good people. It's nice to have you back, buddy. Welcome home. Nah, I appreciate it, man. Really do. Trailing 12-10. Langer pushing it wide. Walters onward. Khan joins in. Floats the pass for Randolph. Yeah, yeah. This is SNZ Days. This is an easy one. Easy peasy, nice and squeezy. Uh, it'll be the Mark Coyne try. Play it now. Trailing 12-10. Langer pushing it wide. Walters onward. Khan joins in. Floats the pass for Randolph. Renoff down the touchline, beats one, gets it in field, Hancock gets it on, Queensland are coming back, Darren's 
Christmas for Lager. Lager gets it away. Here's the big fella. Gets the pass on. Coyne. Coyne goes for the corner. And gets the try. Queensland. It's a miracle performance. Oh, yeah. What about that one? Uh, it's Dello. Unbelievable. Yeah. What about that from Queensland? I can't believe it. Unbridled joy on the sideline, and why not? That's, that's not, not a try. try. That's, that's a miracle. Best <laughs> call ever. Ever, ever, ever. And congratulations to Simon. You are a winner, winner, chicken dinner for guessing that one right. We're back shortly.